Welcome to episode 527 of Conversation Street. This is for the week of the 13th to the 17th of June, which is episodes 10,663 to 10,668. I am Michael. I'm Gemma. And hello, hello, hello. How are you doing, everybody? It's hot, isn't it? I've got two we bits need to of say bad it's news. hot. What's that? First bit of bad news. Yes. Summer's here. Summer? And it's boring and hot. Oh, no. Summer, I thought you were talking about Summer's robot. It's Summer's robot here. Yes, he is. Look, hello. How do you, Chuck? Summer's Robot is back, everybody. Huzzah for Summer's Robot fans. You missed your chance to be a children's TV presenter, didn't you? You need to be on television at a stupid time in the morning with a, your yes. hands up a puppet, just talking to Just yourself. talking away. I could do it. I'd be absolutely fine. Anyway, so we do have Summer's Robot back this week. We'll see how long he lasts. See how long until he gets a little bit bored. But lots of people said they liked Summer's Robot last week. So. Yeah, Summer's Robot, you've got something wrong with your voice there, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, we will see how it goes. So um, yeah, This okay. podcast may contain scenes that some viewers find upsetting. That's true, because the second bit of bad yes. news I've got what? is that if you have a tattoo, we can't be your friend anymore. No, because our Lord Toya and Saviour, like Toya, tattoo. has decreed that everybody with <laughs> tattoos should be shunned. <laughs> now, I'm, I've got a question. I thought we you were going to say, I've got a tattoo there. That would have been a... What would you have a tattoo of? Um, a picture of you with a zipper instead of a mouth. What would you have? <laughs> what would you I'd have? I'd have a picture of Summer's Robot because we're best friends now. I'd have just how our heart says, uh, Summer's Robot. Summer's Robot, do you... Would you have... Summer's Robot has got a tattoo. I've just seen it. It's, yeah. it's, it's etched into it. It's, uh, what's your tattoo say there, Leo? Leo. Leo. You just asked. You just called it Leo. Oh, sorry. Oh, I gave it away. Summer's robot <laughs> is not called Leo. Summer's robot didn't say. We don't know what Summer's robot is I thought, called. Yeah, I thought he said. Oh, his name. Yeah, yeah. That, that's right. Summer's robot said his name was Dirk. But that's silly because I don't want to get confused with the actual Dirk when we're talking to Summer's robot. Well, one of them talks a lot more than the other one. <laughs> that's very, very true. Okay, so Summer's robot's going to be quiet for a minute. What would be your tattoo then, my dear? Um, you obviously. Well, also with a zip on my mouth. We can go matching. <laughs> matching quiet people. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's good for a podcast, isn't it? Yeah. Shut up, Michael. Yes, that's I what. might get that tattooed in fancy script. That's a very good idea, Summer's Robot. I shall, because... Um, oh, no, I shan't, actually, because I want to say, hurrah, British Soap Awards. We went there last weekend, didn't we? Has everybody... I hope everyone listening to this has seen all our pictures and videos and stuff of the British Soap Awards, because we had a, a lovely time there on Saturday night. Curry didn't win that many awards, but never mind. It's the taking part that counts. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a good one. Um, go over to our YouTube channel, because all the videos and stuff are there. It was good. I guess we'll talk a bit more about it in the news section later. Yes. Now you can do your quiz, Gemma. I permit it. I was going to say earlier, mm. we can see one visible tattoo of our lovely... Don't look at the quiz. Sorry, I'm not. I was... Of our lovely... Um, <laughs> ...tatted up solicitor that has been uh, cruelly spurned by, by Toya. But mm. she's probably got loads more that you can't see. Bet she has. I wonder where what she's got. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's got like scales. Yeah, the scales of, justice. of yeah, scales of justice, um, or that little yeah. that, that woman with the blindfold on. Well, if not, if only Lady Justice were truly blind, Toya wouldn't even know that she had tattoos. Mm, yeah. But alas, this is not right. 
Quiz time. It is time for a quiz. Hooray. Brilliant. Let's go. Doesn't doesn't Summers and Robot have any kind of funny um, quiz related uh, quiz? No, so Summers Robot isn't uh, isn't programmed like quiz to um, to to comment on quizzes at the moment. Well, tell you what, if Summers Robot doesn't play its cards right, can it end up being turned into one of those Who Wants to Be a Millionaire quiz boxes in Do the it pub? Like... Oh, it doesn't like, doesn't <laughs> like that, <laughs> that at all. all right, well, okay, listen. Go quiz on, let's go. Between the 13th and the 17th of June, a year ending in a 2 and a 7, and I source this from coronationstreet.fandom.com. Mm-hmm. 13th of June, 1962. Christine Hardman meets her old flame, Colin, who late, she later goes on to marry. Mm-hmm. What does her surname yes. end up being? I know the answer to that one. I was hoping as soon as you said Colin, you wouldn't say his surname when you just asked me about it. It's Appleby. Yay! Yes. I do like that surname. 13th of June, 1977. Why do Ray and Deirdre go to London? Oh. It's 13th of June, 1977. Hang on a minute. No excuse not to know this one. I believe it's probably something to do with a silver jubilee. Yeah, what, do, what about it? Well, it's on, isn't it? You think they go there to see the Jubilee? Is that the answer? <laughs> I don't know why else would you go in it's Jubilee time. Have they been, has Ray been asked to fix the plumbing for our match or something? Go on, what Tell is Tell me it? the answer. Because of the Jubilee? No. Oh. Because Tracy won a Jubilee baby competition. <laughs> oh, she and did, did free she? trip to London, yes, which I've mentioned about baby three times now. Oh, oh 13th well. of I'll June. I'll get half a mark for that. No, you don't. I want them to do a Bonnie podcast jubilee competition. We could have entered that, couldn't we? Well, it seems this is not a video podcast. I don't think that um, I don't think we'd stand that much of a chance. Although mm. we just had that lovely video of the Sober Wars. We had the video of the Sober Wars. There's lots of good-looking people in that. You weren't in that. You're 30th. the bonniest of them all. Um, I had to be there to hold the camera so that you could get all the looks of the celebrities and they look and they realise it's me and they go, ah, oh, like that. Yeah, that's very, very true. And then also... Yeah. Fashion. Fashion. Ooh. Like what you're wearing. That's exactly right, Summer's Robot. Yeah, we did yeah. enjoy the fashion. There was one well. particular outfit, which I won't talk about because it wasn't a Coronation Street one, that looked very uncomfortable and not that good. <laughs> and if you've seen the red carpet pictures, you might know what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. let's go. Next question. 13th of let's June, go, 2007. Why does Sophie vandalise Fizz's scooter? Why does Sophie? Yeah. Um, I am going to... No, that can't be right. That's too early. Maybe. <laughs> Is it? I think I've got my dates wrong, but I'm going to say it's something to do with John Stape and maybe that Sophie fancies John Stape, but he actually is going out with Fizz. Is it a question or an answer? That's my, that is my question. That is my answer to the yes, question. Yes, you're right. Oh, brilliant. She's jealous. Yes. Okay. 14th of June, 1972. What unusual colour does Elsie Tanner want her wallpaper to be in her bathroom? <laughs> I loved this when I read this. Is it unusual for the 70s? Um, or is it fairly standard? Even was if it I an told avocado? You, you don't something? know what, what kind of colours people wanted on their bathroom. Brown, walls. brown, orange. What unusual colour does Elsie Tanner want her wallpaper to be in her bathroom in Red. 1972? No, black. Oh, She's mega goth. She is, isn't she? Yeah. 14th of June, 1982. Mike wants to get rid of Cleopatra, and Emily suggests they make her a member of the union in the factory to protect her. Who's Cleopatra? I'm going to say a cat. Yes! yes. And then uh, 
they make her a member of the union, but then they get a bonus and Mike takes a cut for the cat and puts it in the kitty. <laughs> Such a dick. Okay, why does <laughs> why does Mavis knit a red, white and blue jumper and send it to Buckingham Palace? Jubilee. <laughs> what year? 1982. 1982. 14th of June. Um, All of these could be Jubilee years, Michael. No, Cyril. I know, I know, I know, I know, tell I know. Me, I know. Tell me. Prince Harry was born. You're so wrong. Whoa. It's Prince William. Prince William, I meant Prince William. I meant Prince you know William. I know it's Prince William because he's the one that's 40. He's 40 this month. I even saw that on a newspaper when I went to the shop today. Can I get half a mark? No. Just add on to my if other I said, If I said, oh, Michael, I, I gave you the mortgage payment. I sent it to Jane. <laughs> Do you think that that would be the same? Because oh. I sent it to your sister? Blood. I tell you what, there's a lot of people out there that'd be very offended if you said Harry and you meant William. Yeah. I know. If well, you, robots, you had a chance to shine there, I'm sure but you, you wouldn't failed. have got it either. No, because mm. robots don't believe in the monarchy. <laughs> don't they? No, they don't. It's illogical. Are they, are they anarchists, are they? No, it's not necessarily to do with it being an anarchist. No, they're, they're not. Total they're total anarchists. That... They're mad for what? The monarchy? No. You make your mind they're up, mad, Thomas Robot. Mad for it. Mad for anarchy. <laughs> it's part of their programming. Can I just say, <laughs> to though... To not follow their programming. In the defence of people who don't believe in a monarchy, the options aren't monarchy or chaos. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is in my mind. <laughs> Would be in this house. Staunch support for her match. Fourteenth of June, two thousand and seventeen. What does Johnny reveal to his daughter Kate? He has me. Boring. No, he doesn't tell her she's boring. I <laughs> was robot. Is me your final answer? MS. <laughs> MS. MS boss. That's what we called the storyline title. Thank you for asking for me to confirm that. Um, he has MS, yes, you're you're right. Yes. Um, and he kicked, this is when he breaks up with Jenny and she slashes her wedding dress because she's really sad. I don't remember that. 15th of June, 1977. Who falls over while babysitting Tracy? Emily? No! We had mm. a very long discussion about this. Ina Sharples. Because they didn't ask Emily to look after her because her and Ernest didn't have any experience with babies and Emily got offended and then Ina Sharples fell over anyway and Emily was like, well, it wasn't me, but I, I am glad. I don't remember that. Okay. Sad. Um, you probably will not get this one. Okay. 17th of June. I know how about the Applebee one though. I know how determined, I like how determined you are. 17th of June, 1992. Mm-hmm. Emily gets confused. Oh no, that's wrong. 16th of June, 1977. <laughs> oh. 1977. Yes. Where does Mike get an order of 35,000 pairs of pants from? Which, which... Is this, a, is this a, the name of a business or is it a place? Oh, it's like, it's not a place. I wouldn't call it a business either. Um... If you don't know it, I don't think you're going to guess. I'm going to say it was a prank. No, oh. it was the Dutch army. I would not have known that. Interesting fact, though. Yeah, I, some of these are only in here because I thought they were Did the Dutch fact. army actually want that? Uh, or was it a prank? Uh, moving on. Ah, oh, somebody find out and give me an extra point. Tell me if I'm... 17th of June, 1992. Emily gets That's confused me. and is found on a railway station with her slippers on. Yeah. She is taken to a psychiatric hospital and diagnosed with what? Ah. Uh... 
Boring. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't no, it was actually that. a really interesting story. She had, um... Veggie lasagna. <laughs> she did have veggie lasagna. <laughs> 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 so that's something very Back in, back in 1992, if you gave her a veggie lasagna, she probably would have been committed to a mental hospital. What did she, what did she have? What was, what's the, what's the word for it? What did they call it? In, in Hashtag speak and say. I know, I know, it's very important. Issue story. Mental right, health so is important. Um, she had, she had nutcase. Stop it, stop it. She had nutcase disease. No, she had, no, um, you can't say that. Alzheimer's. No. It wasn't that. No. It was a mental breakdown of sorts. Do you think that's what they put on her? A case pool? of the crazies. No, you're stigmatizing. old woman you're disease. You're stigmatizing mental health. It's depression. It's <laughs> plain old depression. <laughs> okay, fine. Oh dear. I don't know if that's what it really was, but no, she did have depression. She well, did. I remember. If only you said that. That's what it was called. You're doing very because, badly. Yeah. Seventeenth of June. I'm not very. You could have said she could coat off the blues. This is just sad. sad. All right, seventeenth of June, two thousand two. Your final question. You've okay. got to redeem yourself. Oh, dear. Roy asks Beth. Some of robots putting me off. Roy asks Bet to to give a talk at the Weatherfield Historical Society about what? So he wants Bet to give a talk. Yeah, it's not about how old she is. What was the date? Nineteen ninety. Two thousand and two. Okay, so this is on Bet's return. <laughs> the history of something. <sighs> That Bet knows about. The Rover's Return, because it was the centenary of the Rover's Return. Yes! Yes! You got it right! <laughs> oh, yes. You did a great job! I did it! I did Yay! I got it right! I got it! So, um, why didn't you say 120 years ago? What happened? Oh, maybe it wasn't the, the exact, this exact week. Maybe no, that's it's come. August. Oh, okay. The Rover's is turning 100 in August, so I hope that Coronation <sighs> Street has planned festivities. Redeemed myself. For the 120th yeah. anniversary of the Rover's Return. Yes, I'm and sure it I'm has. Sure I'm sure that Jenny is Daisy, right on that. I'm sure that Leo's brewing up a um, a, a, a delightful tipple <laughs> for everybody to enjoy. Yes, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that she is. Right, okay, go on birthdays, then. Birthdays. Nineteenth of June. Thelma Barlow played Mal- Mavis Wilton. Philip Middlemiss played De Barnes. Millie Gibson plays Kelly Nina. Her birthday's coming up. Oh, happy birthday! Her birthday's like. How do Chuck? Yeah, we'll pass that on to Spend her next. Tomorrow, 20th of June, director Paul Bernard or Paul Bernard. <laughs> Philip Lowry, who plays Dennis Tanner. Yes. I wonder if he was in the news this week. We may never know. 21st of June, Maggie, Hunt, Maggie Jones, who played Blanche Hunt II. Peter Dudley, who played Bert Tilsley. Anne Kirkbride, who played Deirdre Barlow. Will Thorpe, who was Chris Gray. This is quite a good week. And then 22nd of June, Judith Barker, who was Janet Barlow. Everyone's favourite Barlow. <laughs> Everyone's favourite of Ken's wives there. Dead. Done. Yeah, she's she's dead, isn't she? What happened to her? How did she die again? She just sat up, broke wind and died. That's it. That is exactly Can how I just say, Barlow for the final off. episode of Coronation Street, at least one of the characters has to die like that. I know, they do. Just to give it a good sense of, you know... No, it's, it's like end where it started, isn't yeah. it? Because that was a quote from episode two. Summer's Robot, you know your stuff, don't you? Summer's Robot has been, has been programmed with every episode of Coronation Street that never <laughs> yes, was a part of Half, half you one get any other, any other good Coronation Street quotes? I didn't do any of it. 
Oh. Quite quite, quite close. That yeah. might be useful for Toya. That might be to Toya later. Yeah, yeah, hold that thought. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I love that. how... I, I love, love how, Summer's like, Robot, but I can't be focused on Summer's Robot for the whole episode. I really, I really love how he, like, refuses to say lasagna correctly. He, he does. He plays by his own rules, doesn't he? He does. Can we he move on? He doesn't answer to anybody. Shagin and Shagin. No, yeah. we're not. We're going to do. Oh, we're doing talk. that. I thought that's what you meant. Okay, no. let's move on to street talk. Apologies. Street talk time. Gemma, did you enjoy Coronation Street this week? Um. Yes. Correct answer. End of street talk. It was alright. I thought it was okay this week. It feels like it's on a bit of a downward spiral after the highs of Imran dying, which sounds kind of harsh to that Imran. That sounds very perverse. But I wasn't enjoying it as much this week. It was fine. It was good. Um, but So much drama. We'll, we'll see what happened. There was lots of drama. And we have had a little mini break between filming the first bit of the podcast. Not filming. filming recording the first bit of the podcast and this one. Um, I've got my shorts on. I've got I'm my tired. legs out, ladies. Because... It's very, very hot. And then this is something big for me because I never wear shorts, do I? No. Like, maybe one day and a I year if I think nobody why. else is looking. Why? <laughs> What's wrong with my lovely legs? My lovely leggies. Nobly knees and hairy legs. How dare you? How dare That's you? That's right. I've got the same problem. <laughs> I think we know, Gemma, though, what the source of all this heat is today. Summer. It's Wendy Flame and Crozier. Oh. It's it. Yes. <laughs> I'm really cool. <laughs> I'm so hot. Thanks so much. Thank you, Summer's Robot. I know, amazing, wasn't it? I, if Wendy Crozier is back. Wendy Papadopoulos is back. We'll talk about her in a little bit because um, I, I hope that was a surprise to some people. It wasn't a surprise to us. We knew that she was coming. Did you know that she was going to be in it today? No. No, sorry for that. <laughs> I, I, I started that question not realising that you're a mid yawn. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed seeing her back. I'll talk a bit about that later. And, um, okay, so what stories have we got this week, Gemma? I Line am them up for ready us. for bed. It's not bedtime yet. It is many hours for bed. I've got, um, it's too hot. Yeah. I've got a bubble tea I don't really like. A bu- is that a bubble tea? Have you yeah. made your own bubble tea? No, I got it out of a can. Oh. It's, it's got kind of a weird twang to it, and I'm drinking it out of a bamboo straw, and this is the future <laughs> that my grandparents warned me would happen, and I didn't listen. You'd be drinking bamboo tea out of bubble straws. In the Tell middle what, of a climate crisis. Toya loves a bamboo out of a bubble straw. No. And I'm no, a bubble no. tea out of a bamboo straw, doesn't she? I just the want hippie. some brown sugar bubble tea. In that. Yeah. The cat is jumping around this all over the place at the nice. moment. So. It's got ice in it. It's okay. got ice in it. Okay. Right, Gemma, I want to know what stories we're like talking about today. I've got no blah, idea. Blah, 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 blah. Please tell me. Uh, right. Imran's dead. That's yes. the first problem. What's the storyline title, please? <clears throat> Wham, bam, dead Imran. Correct. Mm. <laughs> Not Imran. Packing in Packham. Yes. Kathy's left us. She's gone. She's oh, left what? Brian Packham to go. I can't even she remember why she said she Chorley? What? Chorley? Ch- it might have been. Might have. It doesn't matter anyway. She's not going to be in the program anymore. Oh, but that's bummer. kind of sad. So we'll talk about her exit next and um, how. Maybe a comparison of, of Melanie Hill's exit to Charlie DeMello's, as they were both. I've got males in their name. And we'll see which one turned out better. I don't there. want to be horrible, but I would rather have driven Kathy into a wall and kept Imran. In Chorley. <laughs> Would you? Chorley mm. not. Yeah, that's what you should have called this. <laughs> oh, Chorley not. Um, old soak. No, old soak. <laughs> old soak. She was an old, old soak, she is. 
Yeah, that's still a work in progress title. As oh, I don't even have a title for I the film. I love the fact that Shona's a massive enabler. <laughs> yeah, she is. We all need Shona in our life, don't we? Just sitting on your shoulder going, go on, do it. Do I it. had a little bit of, of experience of what it was like to have Shona in my life last Saturday at the British Soap Awards. And now I've had a taste of it. I don't think I want to let it go. You're right. Yeah, yeah it's very addictive. Yeah. Um, Phil, yeah, he's there. No, Bellinian Rhapsody, yes, again, still. very inappropriate. And Turner and Smooch. Yes. Exactly. Do you want to do Wan Bam Dad in Ran, Gemma? Or do you want me to do it? I'll, I'll do it. Yes. I feel as though this is going to make or break. Oh my gosh, come I'm on. I'm so tired. Let's get some energy. What, what are you been getting... doing this week? Why are you so tired? Oh, it's been hot. Look, I... I uh... I'm like, I'm like... I can do the storyline if I'm you want. Basically, I'm basically, I'm... No, I am... I'm like Gail's Elephant. I'm hot and golden and hot and bothered and worthless. <laughs> Shall I and do... cursing us. Um, and cu- cursed. Yeah. Right, on Monday, Toya is getting ready for the funeral, but she is out of sorts, and so she burns her dress while she's ironing it. I say the day of your husband's funeral is a day you don't need to worry about ironing anything, but that's just me. I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> She's proper on edge. Leanne comes in and tells her that if anything's got any, anyone's got anything to say to Toya, they're going to have to go through her first. And you've written, <laughs> do you love me, Brian? Of course. Oh, God. This is another bloody note I've put in the wrong place. <laughs> Stop pointing out my inadequacies in no writing. I just like the idea It's hot. Can you be quiet? I like the idea of Leanne coming up and telling Toya, do you love me, Brian? (laughs) And it's like a secret pet name that we've not heard about until today because it's not been stressful enough in the Battersby Live for us to hear about this. So, um, then we have Alia telling Peter that she wishes Toya wasn't coming to the funeral because she's acting proper suspicious, which I think is a bit of a bloody cheek. What am I Yeah, exactly. She's got, what's she got to do with any of this? It's not her husband. Remember when they her boyfriend died and she wouldn't shut up about it and she made a bloody shrine oh, yeah, outside did, the front she? of the... So she should let Toya agree to whatever she wants. She should at least let the wife come to the bloody husband's funeral. Yeah, I totally agree. If anything, it helps the police gather evidence. See how much you cry. Mm, yeah. What do you What do you have to say about it, Summer's robot? Do one. Yeah, she can do one, Canalia, can't she? Peter gets called into the police station. I want to know about his relationship with Toya and new information because they found out from Adam that Toya says she wants to kill her husband. And I know that I'm leaving evidence here for all your <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's making me a bit nervous. There's going to be an Adam that's listening to this right now and is just collecting it all together. And I can just to say, turn against you. everybody listening here to this who's just laughing along, you're complicit. You just think <laughs> this is a funny joke. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, see, there you go. There I'm going to come and haunt you all. You're no better than Leanne if you're listening to this and you don't take this seriously. How about that? <laughs> Peter scoffs. He doesn't think this is serious. He says... Adam was very close to Imran and he's just grieving. Toya and Imran were happy. And then the detective brings up the golden elephant in the room. It's baby Susie. Yes. Can you just remind us the quick... Oh, I um, knew you'd ask me to remind you about baby Susie. So baby, baby Susie, Susie was Eva's daughter, wasn't she? With Aiden. She had with Aiden. Toya had done a little plan with Eva that she was going to take the baby... I can't remember why Eva didn't want the baby anymore, but she didn't want it it's anyway. Rubbish. So Toy was going to raise the baby, pretend it was hers, um, and she told Peter that. No, what did she? What? How did she make Peter think it was hers? Or didn't she's she? She's like, look at it. I found this baby in the toilet. It must have been mine. 
I can't remember what happened. But well, I'm to- glad that we've summed this up for everybody. Toya plans to to to, to make out that the baby was hers or something. It but was it a, all it, went she was wrong. doing a, a conspiracy. Yeah. So the funeral. Mourners arrive. Sarah's crying. She sits next to Yasmin. Um, she had a bit of a personality change to Sarah this week, didn't she? Last week we were like, oh, it's so nice that she's learnt a lesson and she's more forgiving of people. But to, she was a right uh, she was a right cow, wasn't she, to Toya, so saying, oh, it's your fault that Imran's dead. I've heard that you were dangerous driving. So, Don't spoil it, lasted. Michael. What? Well, what? That's what happened. Did I, did, sorry, did that happen later? I don't know. I can't remember. Peter's telling um, the cop all about Susie and says, like, and uh, the detective is saying, you know what, doesn't it seem a bit extreme? You know, all this kidnapping and, and whatnot. You are in a soap, dear Swain. Toya gets up and does a little speech. Talks about Imran, said he was wonderful. He was flawed. I'm, right, I'm taking notes. He always strove to do what was right. He would do anything if, it, if um, to do things protect people he was a wonderful partner he was a great foster father and she starts crying and adam and alia like rolling their eyes as toya says she wishes she was the one standing up there not him i know what a pair of gits oh i felt so bad for toya again excellent performance of course from george goes without saying um it's so sad it makes me so sad to watch her crying Knowing that we too are grieving. there's more to come. There probably is. Detective continues to push Peter, trying to make him slip up and admit that Toya is a nutcase. But he's standing by her. I tell you what, if I think I, I, I'm... Both Peter and Leanne kind of have their doubts, I think. Mm. But they're being very loyal and it would be very nice to have them by your side if you were if you had driven your husband into a wall and then said that you don't like tattoos. Which is why it was maybe not the best idea for Toya at the end of the week to tell Leanne to bog off when she just wanted to come and ask her if she was okay <laughs> and make her a cup Yeah. No. <laughs> Toya invites Sarah to the bistro. I think they're having a wake. But yes. Sarah says to Toya, this is your fault. You got charged with careless driving. You killed my my son. And then Peter shows up as everybody's leaving and he tells Adam he's not very happy about the fact that Adam's gone to police. He takes Toya to one side and he tells her, Peter tells Toya, what Adam has accused her of. And she can't believe this. She's like, it's just a figure of speech. Um, And she also says that they asked about Susie. She's like, oh, oh God, this might, (laughs) this might make me look unhinged. So everyone goes to the bistro, Toya's turned up. Leanne's starting to worry. Peter shows up and tells Leanne what's happened with the police. What has Toya done? She has... This was quite a bold gamble. It didn't pay off. Not so much. She shows up at the police station and she says, there are things I need to tell you. And she says, I'm going to cooperate with your inquiries. And she tells Swain that she's like, look... Just because I said I wanted to kill my husband doesn't mean I wanted to. I didn't mean it. I didn't act on it. And she also says, Imran didn't tell me about lying in court. Um, and the cop says, you know what? I've been watching old episodes and you're a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> you would very much appear to be a woman who would go to extreme lengths to get a child and you would do something extreme if you thought you'd be losing them. And also, I've heard you're a vegetarian, but I'm not going to take that into evidence. <laughs> 
Adam turns up at the wake and he gets into a massive slanging match with Leanne, who ends up slapping him when he says, all the sisters of killers would defend their sibling, which I don't think is strictly true. Toya is still telling Swain about Susie and she's like, oh, you know what? I saw the air of my waist. I just, I, I gave the baby back. It's no harm, no foul. I'm in a good place. I was in a good place within Ryan and Alfie before the accident. And the detective's like, hmm, you know, I do wonder how you might have reacted if you had found out that Imran had lied in court mm, and you would lose the baby. How would that make you feel? And Toys as well, you know, I might have been a bit angry, but I didn't know because I didn't have any idea about that when I got into the car. And then she starts having flashbacks and they've got like spooky... Um, Speaky audio of her talking to Imran, telling him stuff. <laughs> Just more, more clips, more flashbacks from the uh, from the She's, two weeks. Ago I quite episode, like this. I thought it was quite spooky and unsettling. I'm getting a little bit. It, it was it was good, but I'm getting a little bit sick of hearing those same clips over and over again. So she's having flashbacks, but she stands her ground. So she sort of she remembers the the sort of negative argument that they had. But she's she's sort of putting on a front, isn't she? Yeah, she she knows more than she's letting on yes. at this point. Well put. Then Detective Swain says, "Well, you know what? We found a voicemail on your phone that you deleted. Shall we play it to you?" And they play the last final message of Imran, the flashback scene that we had at the beginning of the week that he died. Where Flash he, forward scene, wasn't it? Where he phones up and he says, uh, "Don't kill me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to." <laughs> And um, Toya's listening. She's she a tear runs down her cheek, and she says, oh, "I never heard that message. Oh, didn't know where that came from." I did it too. <laughs> you don't have to pause. I it do is... have to pause. You don't. You can't hear what is being said. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she said, "I never heard it. I never heard it." And something. Swain says, "Well, we we know you heard it. We know you deleted it." And she's like, "Oh, I don't know. I didn't mean it. I deleted it by accident. I never heard it. I promise." And doesn't make any difference because she gets arrested. Sad. Still in the funeral clothes. Yeah. Bet she stank by the end of the week. Yeah. Dirty bird. <laughs> On Wednesday, Toya, Toya Solicitor turns up. Her name's Kim. And she has a big tattoo right on her, like, her hand. And Toya's not very impressed with this. I want to speak to your manager. No, she says, I want to speak to Leanne. And uh, she talks to Leanne on the phone. And Toya's like, they've arrested me for murder. And my dog's got a tattoo. What? <laughs> well, I can't believe it. Um, Leanne tells Nick. And she's like, I don't understand why they've arrested... Why would she even do this? I don't understand. Why would she drive the car? Why would she do this? Why would she drive a car into a wall to kill him, knowing that it would kill her? In the street, Adam and Leanne see each other and they have it out like two cats having a scrap and he tries to make her see that Imran possibly was saying something that Toy didn't like and ran her into a wall yes. she won't have it Kevin I think she starts to maybe think mm, maybe maybe again as the week is going on which is why she's she later on that episode tries to make Toya think really really hard about how she's going to are please. you sure that you didn't do a little bit of it she's like I would have done it <laughs> Nick's like, so sorry, sorry, what? I know we're not blood related, what did you say? but we are batters beers together and all. Kevin tells Abby what's happened to Toya, and she tells, he tells Abby, I think, that it's not her fault unless she found out, no, hang on. 
Don't it worry comes what... it comes up that Imran's lied in court and it might have been Toya if she'd found out, but she probably didn't know. Yes. Maybe. Toya's getting frustrated about nothing happening and Swain comes in and she's not going to let her go. She gets charged instead and she talks to a solicitor and she's like, I don't understand why they're saying this. They're talking like I wanted to kill myself and my husband. I, I'm not suicidal. I would never do this. I love myself too much. Look at my beautiful face for a starter. How would that make a beautiful corpse? Doesn't make any sense. Secondly, this is my best outfit that I was wearing on the day. Wouldn't want to ruin that because I could leave that to Alfie mm -hmm. in case he gets married or he wants to cross-dress when he gets older. Fashion. Who knows? Fashion. Exactly. Ooh. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> so she's like, none of this makes any sense. Um, and the solicitor says, well, we need to explain why you drove into a wall because we've already established... Most people don't do that. Well, we've already established there's nothing wrong with the car. There's no CCTV evidence that shows that there was anything else involved in the crash. You literally drove very fast into a brick wall. So we're going to have to explain why you did that, that kind of gets you off the hook. And the only thing I can really think of is that you were not of sound mind because you knew that, um, that you weren't going to be able to keep Alfie because of what Iman had done. And Toya's like, oh, oh, right, okay. So we're going to say, because I'm infertile, I'm a maniac, and I'm going to run into a wall. Is that what you want me to say? And the solicitor says, do you want to stay out of prison or not? And Toya says, listen, we need to say I was of sound mind, and I wasn't suicidal. And the jury, I don't know what she expects the jury to think. I don't know what her explanation is for why she's driving to the wall. No. She doesn't have one, because she, she, she really she's, does she's, not she's know what happened. Not, yeah, she's claiming not to remember whether she does or not is, it, is another matter. Yeah, this, this is the question here, is that does Toya suspect that she did kill Well, Imran? I think so, maybe. Let, let's get to the Okay, end, so this, this is like, you know what, you could end up in prison for 12 years here and you're on the wrong side of 40, which I think is goddamn rude. Thinks so, she only turned 40 a couple of weeks Technically, ago. she's only just over 40 and also she doesn't look a day over 31. <laughs> and... um. The sister says, if you don't feel guilty, then... If you don't feel guilty, look, we need to keep you out of jail. I don't really care about how we do it, but that's my job. Leanne turns up at the police station and she says, I want to let, I want to get my sister out. Where is she? And the, the detective's like, oh yeah, let me go get the key for you. Yeah. That's quite funny. She's being a sarcastic bitch. Um, in the cafe, Abby and Sally are talking about um, Alfie. You know, Abby's like, great. Imran's dad, Toy's in jail. Hearing coming up mine. on Friday's episode. Great. It's all coming up roses for Abby. Solicitor tells Leanne about what she, what's going on, how it does not look very good for Toya. And she says, I'm going to try and get Toya to get you a phone call. Will you talk to her if I can do that and get her to go along with what I'm saying? Because I, I want to get her out of prison. This is one thing that I just want to say bothers me about the justice system is that it doesn't matter what actually happened as long as you can, but but what you can prove in court. And that kind of drives me mad because the amount of times you hear about people who had to plead guilty to something they didn't do just to get like a reduced sentence mm. or like the, in this case where this, this, the solicitor, it's true, it doesn't really matter what happened but they can't prove anything except for the fact she drove into a wall. Yeah. So how are they going to explain this to the jury? Mm. So, so this, the sisters speak to each other and Toya's saying, I didn't do this. I wasn't trying to kill myself. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie in court. 
And Leanne says, you need to get a new solicitor then. And Toy's like, you will not believe this woman. She's covered in tattoos. No one's going to take you seriously. It's absolutely disgusting. I would have thought that Toya might like a bit of a tattoo because she was going out with Peter Barlow, wasn't she? And he's covered. Who does? Toya. Yeah, that's what I'm well, thinking. Well, both Toya and Leanne have... Um, yeah, they've had their dalliances, haven't they? Peter, haven't they? Yeah, they've had him, yeah. Um, Toya's like, well, I can't afford him. And a bit of spider. He's got piercings all over himself. I think, uh, I think Toya needs to get off her high horse a little bit. Maybe that's why um, they had to replace Nick. He just got tatted up completely and they had to replace him with a new actor. Maybe. Uh, Toya's like, I can't afford a new solicitor. And I was like, oh, I'll pay for it. She's like, yes, great. You pay for it. I'll, I'll have that. Thanks very much. Cheers. Can't take it back now. Bye. Nick is a bit surprised to hear that Leanne said that she's agreed to pay for Toya's solicitor. And Leanne's like, it's going to be thousands. And she sort of tots it up and she's like, it's going to be five grand for this and ten grand for that. And she thinks at the end of the day, it's going to be about 30 grand yeah, yeah. around that. This is another thing I find really gross. How much money it costs to get yourself out of trouble. Mm. He says, look, we don't have that money. And Leanne says, just take it out of the bistro. Michelle says, you can just dress up in black and rob the till. I know, this is, we're doing the perfect opportunity for the bistro ninja to come, come back. And he's like, no, we can't do that again. It's going to look suspicious. <laughs> Leanne's getting desperate. And he says, look, I'm really sorry. It's just not, not possible. It's not going to happen. Then Abby comes home from a meeting about Alfie. The best case scenario is that she gets to see Alfie under the supervision of a foster parent. Because as we've kept saying on the podcast... Although lots of people didn't think that Imran and Toya should have had custody of Alfie, despite the fact that he's the dad, just because they didn't shouldn't have had custody does not mean that Abby automatically got it because she already got told by the courts that she wasn't allowed. Yes. So now the, the situation has changed a little bit. The only thing that they're willing to offer her is supervision. For now. So, for now. So she can prove herself. Um, um, looks like... Nick and Debbie have agreed to use the bistro cast, but that's not true, you've written. No, just Nick. Or... Uh, no, neither. I think Leanne just nicks it okay. and gives it to Toya. And she's yeah, like, no, brilliant. Right, are you sure that you're 100% certain that I did not do it? Um, and, Toya, and Leanne's like, yeah, no, yeah, I definitely would not ever think that you would ever, ever do anything like that. And Leanne's, um, Toya says, if my own sister thinks I'd done it, what chance have I got? Sad. Friday, Abby um, is going to have her hearing about yes. Alfie. And the best case scenario that she can have is that she's got to move out with Kevin and move in with a total stranger, maybe not so strange to all of us, <laughs> so that she can be with Alfie so that she can get observed. It's like it's like giving birth to a mutant alien hybrid and then being observed on a spaceship. By Wendy Crozier. Yes, I am the alien queen, Wendy Crozier. Actually, it's Papadopoulos now, if you don't <laughs> mind. I will watch you with your blood. Oh, I don't oh. think Summer's Robot is a fan of Wendy Crozier. I think I think that um, Summer's Robot's a bit judgmental. What? what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Debbie has words with Kevin before the hearing, because he wa- she wants to make sure that he is absolutely up for raising Alfie. And he says, yeah, yeah, I am. And then, then they have, she's like, right, just to remind you, when Jack was born, he was born to Molly, who was Tyrone's wife. And when Tyrone found out that Jack was your baby, he didn't like him anymore. 
and he wouldn't do want to raise him. And <laughs> then she says, golly gosh, I hope that Jack's not here because if he heard this, he might be a bit sad. And what a handy coincidence. Yeah, it is it... a bit because Jack is there standing, listening, going, this isn't as good as Xbox. <laughs> He's gutted to hear that Kevin's never been brought himself at any point. I guess when would it come up in conversation? Maybe when his legs come off. You think this is bad, kid? How about this? You could have been raised by Tyrone. Yeah, just about the same time when they should have had that conversation with Hope about John Stapes' um, nefarious deeds when he was younger. Yeah, all the kids are getting a big healthy dose of Revelation Street this week. <laughs> yeah, aren't they? So, so Jack didn't know that he was originally Tyrone's son, I guess, and that his mother Molly was a big slapper who was shagging around, and that's why he ended up with. Kevin and Shagin. Kevin as his dad, which I'd be upset about if Kevin... Who would you rather have as your dad, at Tyrone and Kevin? Tyrone? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> he's, the, he's a cool dad. Yeah, I think so. Well, he's not that cool, really, is well, he? Well, he's cooler than Kevin. Jack stormed off, and Kevin can't get hold of him, and he tell, Kevin tells Abby, you're going to have to go and to the herring yourself because I need to sort Jack out. Jack goes to the garage to see Tyrone and tells him he knows what happened between him and his dad. And so Tyrone sits him down and talks him through and he says, yeah, look, I hated Kevin at the time. It wasn't easy letting you go. Um, We were going to tell you, I'm not sure when. Um, We put it off for too long. We love you. Abby does. Kevin's a good man, etc. Jack comes back just as Abby's leaving and tells Kevin that he should go with her and that he's going to be fine with his Xbox. He's over it. He doesn't really care anymore. Yeah, he's all right. he didn't he didn't need Kevin to look after him. He is forty three by now, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Surprised Kevin remembers that far back. To be honest, <laughs> when when he was born, it was a long time ago. I don't understand why Jack wasn't really upset with with Tyrone because I would be. Why? Because I'd be like you and I. This is me as speaking as a woman. I don't understand this, and I think that men and women have a very different relationship with their children from this angle, which is obvious based in biology, but I cannot imagine raising a child or thinking a child was mine, finding out it wasn't mine and completely rejecting it. Which I've read so many stories of people, like relationship problems. I love going on the relationship subreddit, reading all those juicy stories about horrible things that happen to other people. And like, it seems to me like 90% of the time when a man finds out it's not his child, he completely switches off. I can't and I don't remember understand. how it happened. It's so long ago. Did Tyrone instantly switch off of him, or did I don't know? Did Kevin but it seems like, like well, a... can I have him back now, please? And obviously, obviously mine. as a woman, I don't have children. But if I did, I would always know <laughs> these mm. are my children. But it just seems really sad that men can turn. Some men can just go, nope, not interested. Not my kid. Not my genetics. Yeah, and Tyrone hasn't seemingly had very much to do with Jack over the past 60 years, has he? Oh, shut up. You think? I don't know. I don't want to... Maybe off screen. I don't want to disparage... Maybe there's some kind of really strong, horrible reaction that happens, but I just think it's really horrible for these poor... Uh, Jack well, Tyrone was, was I mean, Tyrone was going through a lot. I mean, he was. His wife uh, had died. Yeah, he she'd just been yeah. slammed by a tram. Yeah, I'm just saying though that this is not an uncommon story. No, no. Um, just very, very, and also nobody like Jack didn't challenge him at all and say, "What did you never think of keeping me? Did you not want 
what was wrong with me? Why did you not want me? I just think everybody took it for granted that, oh yeah, of course you wouldn't keep the baby that's nothing to do with you. And that you've got Leah and you've got Toya driving herself into a wall for a baby Jack, that wasn't Jack hers. Jack understands he's very mature for his age, Gemma. Okay. Well, that's all right then, as long as he's got his Xbox. Yeah. Debbie talk, wants to talk to Nick because he, she says, there's £5,000 missing that you've taken. Why? Where has this gone? And Leah's like, oh... Oh, it was a bit me. I did take it a little bit. Um, it was for a lawyer for Toya. <laughs> She's got a plea hearing. <laughs> Lawyers for Toyas. Actually, they should start up a business, shouldn't they? Well, yeah, I mean, it's her like every, every had time a... a new one comes in, she rejects it because of some some feature that she doesn't like the look too of. Too tall, too short. Hair's weird. Yeah, she could have Odd a, outfit. They could have a reality TV show, couldn't they, where she auditions them and they could call it Lawyers for Toyas. Yeah. She could have celebrity judge and everything. She is the celebrity judge. But she could have her celebrity judge friends. Yes. Uh, uh, well, uh, you get onto that. Okay. Right. Right. Well, Toys. I'm pitching it. Yeah. <laughs> Simon Cowell. Okay. Nasty Nick. And, yeah. Um. Someone. Sharon Osbourne. I love Sharon Osbourne. Sharon. She's great as a judge. Okay. Mm, mm. Debbie's not happy about this. She tells Leanne, "You're not gonna. You're not taking any more money. And if you do, you'll be hearing from my lawyer." Okay, and now it's like, oh, sick burn. <laughs> Abby, Abby's got, Abby's having her hearing. She gets a bit hot up. She goes outside and she sits down, and this woman comes up and she says, "Oh, you're in the waiting room. Are you okay?" And she's like, "Look, I'm trying really hard here, but you know what? These judges are all a bunch of assholes. They're upper class. They're out of touch. They don't understand. They're all a bunch of old farts. Look down their nose on everybody. I'm just a bit worried that they might judge me." Uh, before they I'm just even worried that these judges might judge me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the judge says, oh dear. You've given it away, Gemma. You just said the judge says. Oh, the lady. The lady. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, anyway, I've got to go change. Um, Leanne hears the hearing's been put forward and Toya's pled not guilty and she's been out on bail which is a bit weird. That Don't was, know that was we a didn't... bit disappointing that we didn't get to Do see this. Do you think this? that the writers were like... Too many, too many bail hearings. I think Georgia Taylor was slacking off a little bit this week, actually. We didn't see very much of her on Wednesday or Friday's episode. I'm going to say that court scenes are the new hospital scenes. They are a bit, aren't they? Which is fine with me. That one room that they're using for every single court scene. I'd much rather have court scenes than hospital scenes, to be honest. For now. No, forever. I'm going to get a bit sick of them. I will never get sick of them. I love the drama. The hearing's ready to start. I suppose, yeah. At the end of the court scene, Abby. it's going to be, oh, what's the, what are they going to say? I mean, they all follow the same structure, don't they? It's like, these well, yeah. people say these things, the other person says the opposite, Ooh, and then the judge decides. A lawyer's decides, got up and said something all... really annoying that you know is not true. Yeah. And also, I don't relate to the, the judging scenes in the same way that I relate to the hospital scenes. So don't feel like I'm kind of being, what's the word? traumatised when I watched yeah. the, the judge scenes. Yeah, totally. Um, so the woman from earlier comes out, she goes, ha ha. If you've been affected by issues raised in this podcast, please visit itv.com slash advice. Thank you, Summer's Robot. That's really helpful advice there. If you've been traumatised by lawyers or court scenes or anything, there you go. You get but I've been that. there and there's nothing to help me. Um, well, the lady from earlier do, is the judge. Hashtag speak and save. Yeah. Kevin tries to calm Abby down. She's very concerned that she is shafted herself. And she keeps saying, I've lost already, I've lost already. And then we have the lawyer for, I don't know, 
The anti-Abbey lawyer. lawyer. The Queen's lawyer. She's like, I don't like anybody. She says, Abby is a horrible bitch. I mean, to be fair, the facts speak for themselves. Abby's had three kids. One of them's dead. Two of them are in Australia, which is as good as being dead. And it's all Abby's fault. Mm. So what makes anybody think that having this fourth child is going to make any difference? Yeah. Then we have Toya coming back to her flat. And Leanne tries to buddy up with her and come, you know, let's have a chat. And um, she's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm really tired. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to make you a cup of tea. But no, I do want to. I will pay you back for the lawyer, but not at the moment. I've got to sit down. My ankles are killing me. Um, then we have Abby's lawyer, Elliot. And he speaks up and he says, look, we all know the facts, but facts are boring. Let's talk about emotions. Let's talk about Abby. Let's talk about how she's so great. How many times has she been on the front of soap magazine? A wash me pants. Yeah, exactly. She's Look really how good great at wa- she is at washing pants. She's great at washing Who's pants. Who's going to wash Alfie's pants when he's older exactly. if, if she can't look after him? He, she's, he's talking about her pant washing skills and Kevin's nodding. He's like, yep, yep, yep. Actually, these ones too. Yep, these ones Who's going to wash Kevin's wash pants these. now that Abby's moved out as well? She, he'll just ship them off. Yeah. That's fine. Maybe Wendy Crozier will end up washing Kevin's pants. Oh, <laughs> how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she he, he basically does a speech. And Abby kind of, he sits down and she's like, I can't cope with this. I need to speak up for myself. I need to plead my own case. Look, yes, I was crap at being a mum. Yes, I'm a drug addict. Yes, I was high when I gave birth to my son. Yes, I'm only here because somebody got murdered and somebody else drove them into a wall. Yes, all of those things might be true. Prostitute. But at the end of the day, <laughs> I think... It's not that bad. Everybody on Twitter agrees with me that I should be in charge of my child because I'm the mum. Case closed. Sits down. The judge says. Just like, okay. Well, in that case, I think Alfie should be put with you in a mother and baby foster facility. And this is a chance. This is not, she goes, this has not been ruled in your favour. This is a chance for you to prove yourself and you're going to be rigorously assessed. Which sounds... I don't know, a bit kinky. Back on the street, Abby's packing her stuff. She's like, yeah, I'm going to go. going to go live in this mother and baby unit. Kevin and Jack are very happy. I don't know why. I suppose they've got a load of microwave meals and they haven't really thought much further than Thursday mm. next week. Leanne finds Nick is listening to Torn by Natalie and Brody Goodberger and having a reminisce about the time he had a different face and they went to Gretna Green to get married and she stole a dress. And Leanne opens up about Toya being mad at her. And Nick says, don't worry about that. Toya knows that she loves her. And Leanne says, I know she wouldn't have hurt anybody on purpose because she's a vegetarian. Nobody who eats (laughs) veggie lasagna voluntarily would ever murder anybody. Exactly. Then we get to see Abby settling into the foster home and she meets her social worker for the first time. But we've seen her before. Yes, it's Wendy Flaming Crozier. Bum, bum, bum. <gasps> Will you not honour her marriage to Mr. Papadopoulos and give her a rightful name? I, they really should have just changed her name. I mean, I think the, the reason why... I can't remember why, because she was last on the show back in 2012, which is kind of cool for us, because that was, like, 
within the first month or two of us starting the podcast. We had Wendy back on it before, and now we're reaching our 10th anniversary, and Wendy's back. So it's a nice little, every time we have a significant anniversary, we can have Wendy on the show maybe now, I guess. But yeah, I think that they made her Wendy Papadopoulos, just so that maybe Ken wouldn't recognise her name or something. I'm remembering that wrong, probably, but I'm guessing that's maybe what happened. Um, they should have just changed her back to Crozier, because who calls her Wendy Papadopoulos? Mr Papadopoulos? Who fan-wise calls her Wendy Papadopoulos? It is a bit of a mouthful. It is a bit of a comedy name. It it literally was used as a comedy surname back in the 60s, wasn't it? Because the owner of um, Leonard Swindley's shop was Mm. was Mr. Papagopoulos or something, wasn't it? And they made fun of the fact that nobody knew how to say it. But the thing is, it's a word that trips off the tongue in, in English as kind of a funny jovial name it's also the funny name from fun birds of a feather isn't it yeah, it's fun to say Papadopoulos. yeah but uh, but wendy crozier should have a harsh name crozier the z yeah, makes yeah. it evil yeah yeah so i think they should have just had Everybody... her realize at some point in the last 10 years that mr papadopoulos was a massive dirty dog and she's mm. like i'm denying i was back a marriage back to crozier for me we all know all my friends we would have accepted that who have a a name with something from the arse under the alphabet. We all know that we're evil inherently. And so I want Crozier to join my evil club of people with strange letters in their name. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, so how, how did you find the reveal of Wendy? Did you enjoy it? I, I was... thought it was funny because when the judge came out, you're going, oh, it's Wendy Crozier. Oh, no, that's not her. Is it her? I don't remember what she looked like. I must admit that I did know she was coming back this episode. And they didn't show her. They showed, they showed this judge from the back of the head. And I was like, oh, maybe this is who it was. Maybe... Because I knew that I also knew that she was going to be like the social worker or something. I think we said when we did it on the Cabin Extra the other month that she was going to be a social worker to a character. So I thought that was her at court. But then when she turned around, it's like, no, I, I don't think that that's her. I think she's a bit older than that. But um, so I, I was waiting for the whole episode to see it. And as we were getting closer towards the end, I'm like, this is going to be a final scene reveal, isn't it? And it was. And um, so I'm really, really excited to see what happens with this on Monday. I'm trying to... I'm racking my brains now. I can't remember whether Coronation Street had officially revealed before today that she was coming back. Because I've got a feeling that when we reported on it, it was leaked in one of the online tabloids. So maybe this was a case of Coronation Street wanting to keep it a secret. It was better as a secret. It was better as a secret. Because the problem with Wendy Crozier is I don't think she's that epic of a character that we need to get ready for her, you know? We don't need preparation for Wendy Crozier. Um, But if, at the end of the episode, we'd had no idea who she was and then she turned up, that would have been brilliant for a proportion of fans. I get that not everybody would have known who she was or recognised what an important character this is for someone who's been in not even 100 episodes, but they would have had the same revelation today as well. Right, so who is Wendy... Flaming Papadopoulos Crozier. For the benefit of the listeners, I'll see if I can do a better job with this one than I did with Susie, who's also got a harsh end of the back of the end uh, back end of the alphabet name. She's got a Z and a Y. Oh, I love there. it. Um, Wendy Crozier was somebody who worked for the council. I think the planning department of the council Ooh. back in the late eighties, eighty nine. I think she was in it at the time. Ken worked for the paper, and they were both in agreement that um, what the council was doing, something or other related to planning, was corrupt and evil, and the citizens of Weatherfield needed to know about it. So she started leaking secrets to Ken, council secrets, about what was going on there. 
and um, and he then printed it in his newspaper. Um, I think Deirdre worked for the council at the time as well, and people accused Deirdre of being the mole, and Deirdre did not like this. But anyway, while all this was going on as well, Ken got so um, so excited by the idea that he was having uh, sexy secrets for the council leaked to him that he got the horn and then bedded Wendy Flaming Crozier, and there was a little. Um, uh, a fair storyline for the end of 89, beginning of 90, I think, which was also very ironic because not 10 years previously, Deirdre herself had had an affair with Mike Baldwin and Ken had been rather up himself and um, uh, and, and, and stuff about that, hadn't he? Rightly so. Yeah. How I would never do anything like that to you, Deirdre. Absolutely awful. But he did. Um, Tracy later found out about the whole thing. Maybe it was during that that she found out about... Deirdre and Mike, and that's when that famous Tracy line came again. What was it, Summer's Robot? Rotten Cow in Tart. That's the one. She called Deirdre a rotten cow in Tart for having it off with Mike Baldwin. But anyway, um, it all... Ken Ken decides to leave Wendy, and um, I don't think Deirdre takes him back then, does she? I think that's when Ken then moves out, goes above the corner shop, and he um, tries to take his own life that one... New Year's Eve. That's but anyway, Bet that was the last that we'd Isn't seen it? of. Yeah, that's right. Bet Bet comes up. That was the last that we'd seen of Wendy Crozier until uh, September 2012, maybe September October 2012, and she's a governor, a school governor at the um, at the local school. Was Ken working there then? I can't remember. She comes in 2012. Or was he she's as like a governor. The, the mine said it was the end of the world and I'm they, one of the final harbingers. <laughs> yeah, they, they prophesied that <laughs> there would be a return for Wendy Flaming Crozier <laughs> before the world went up in flames itself. Um, at that time, that return, Wendy tries to start things up with Ken again, but he refuses to leave Deirdre for her. And the last we'd seen of her before today, I think, was her like for him forcibly ejecting her from number one and her going off the street crying. Oh, and she's, since then, she's been having a lovely time being a foster carer and, a, and an assessor of, women. of mums. Of fallen women. Yeah, she's, she's been... A, yeah, considering that, um, you know, what she's been up to and her reputation, it's a bit, a bit um, rich for her to be so judgy yeah. as a job. But anyway, mm. that's who Wendy Crozier is. No doubt I'll be putting the character profile of her up on the YouTube channel probably next week. Um, but anyway, for anyone who doesn't know, that's who she is. And I did a much better job than that than I did with Susie. I like the way that um, Abby says, oh, do you, um, I live in Coronation Street, have you ever heard of it? And she's like, oh, not sure, but... More of that, an EastEnders fan myself, actually. Isn't that the place that fell in a sinkhole? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, excuse me, it's more to it than that, you know. Got a There's really literally good pub. massive drama going on there every month. I suppose the sinkhole was quite of, a big one. There's been loads of murders as well and fires. Yeah. It, surely, I mean, in, if you live in Weatherfield, Coronation Street, the street itself, would be notorious. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Nobody seems to mention it. Well, it I mean, the, the can I just say... so much crime and... Uh, that Tyrone's having trouble getting that house sold. Yeah, that's true. I wonder true. why that is. Well, they, they say it's just because of the sinkhole, but again, no. I think there could be more to it than that. Haven't you had some serial killers living there, for example? See, I think that it, that um, Ryan Murphy's Mr. Trick, he's got all of his American Horror Story series. He wants to base one in Manchester mm. and have it in Weatherfield because yeah. you could make a whole... You don't need to keep it to one season. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, so I, I thought it was a, g- a good enough way to bring her back. I mean, I don't, I don't, is, she, is she a suitable foster assessor 
Who knows, because she might have changed a lot in the last 10 years, and even then we hadn't seen her for 20 years before well, then. So sometimes those who have been judged are better at judging others than bloody de de blah And it, that's my saying of the week. Interesting that she was brought into this story, though, because she's obviously going to have some kind of hook-up with weird. Ken at some point, it isn't just, she? I can't see where this is going to hook together. No, because, I mean, <laughs> if if Abby is leave, living wherever this foster care home is, then there's not really any reason for Wendy to go back to the street, but maybe just um, Abby talking about the situation or, or where she comes from makes Wendy a little bit... Um, Maudlin. Yeah, or a, a little reconnect. bit nostalgic yeah. for the 80s. I mean, it is Stranger Things season, isn't it? Uh, so, she's like, oh, Kate Bush is number one. It reminds me when I was shagging Ken. Yeah. Also, I suppose Wendy did know Kevin, didn't she? Because he was in the show for a good... When did he come in? 86, maybe? So he must have been hanging around when she was there. I don't know whether their paths crossed at all. Yeah, I was going to say, first knowing appearance. each other, living on the same street as each other, so two different things. It is, I mean... Uh, the, the, what a handy coincidence. Yeah, exactly. It is uh, exactly the Summer's Robot. It's a bit of a handy coincidence, but these things do happen in Weatherfield, so um, let's not look into that too much. I, I guess that maybe... Mm. Is Abby going to invite her to the street for a drink or something? Because it's not like she has to just stay at this foster home for the rest of her life. For, for her life. So, meh, we'll see. You, you excited to have her back? Yeah. Now tell, now say it like you mean it. But, okay, I'm... I'd rather have Martha's barge back. Yeah, yeah. And then, Martha's optional. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I mean... I, I, I just like it when they bring anyone back. I, I like it's the, fine. the shout I'm just, I'm still to the past. I'm a bit yeah, baffled. It could have been anybody. Yeah, exactly. I'm waiting for the connection. Yeah. Do you think, are we going to see, um, is, is Ken, now he's young, free and single, is, well, no, maybe not so much yeah. so young, is he going to give Wendy another chance? Yeah. Are we going to get a kiss? Let's say yes. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe we should. Um, what, what do you think, Summer's Robot? Ken. Do something. Summer's robot is all for it, Gemma. So um, let's see what happens there. Um, <laughs> Toya this week. Wow. So <laughs> what does she know? What does she think she knows? What's she lying about? And what's she just hedging her bets about? And why is she why is she so rude about tattoos? We'll come back to that bit in a minute. Oh, because uh, okay. that, that was a bit stupid, really. Oh. But... So we know that she, everything that we saw on that episode a couple of Fridays ago, we can assume that Toya remembers that. So she remembers now the fact that they had the argument in the car. She remembers before they got into the car, everything was okay. And to be fair, she did say that to the police officers this week, didn't she? She said, we weren't arguing before we got into the car. Didn't I say anything about during the car can ride, I... maybe? Oh, yeah. But... She, but we so know that she definitely remembers that I hate you with all my heart line because that was the last thing we saw. So I don't think she knows exactly what happened. And just to remind everybody, he might be stupid like me and just got confused, but I sorted myself out, so I'll help you too. She got the voicemail after the crash had already happened and he was dead. Yes. So So before they got into the car, the, I mean, the D, what DS Swain is implying here is that you absolutely listened to that voicemail before you killed your husband and then right. you deleted it to hide the evidence. So here's the biggest flaw then in DS Swain's theory that we need to get one of the solicitors to, to acknowledge is that the, the message was deleted long after Imran was 
and listened to long after he was declared dead. Yeah, which I so, guess that they would be able to find out, wouldn't surely they? Surely they've got... To, if they know it was deleted, they would know when it was deleted. And so they can say, well, that evidence proves nothing when it comes to the reasons behind the crash. So they actually do not have any evidence to say one way or the other whether there was an argument or conversation in the car. But we know that Toya remembers them having that because she remembers telling Imran that I hate you with all my heart. Now, I'm going to argue here because Toya's my girl. You all know that that um, they were driving, Imran said, by the way, left you a message on your phone, you might get that later on, but just to let you know what it says is, I lied in court, sorry, my bad, but I love you, and don't worry, everything's gonna be fine, um, I know that I've messed up, but I'm gonna fight together, and I've realised that the reason that you haven't got pregnant is because I've been wearing condoms this whole time. <laughs> so I think we should try for an actual baby that we can share together. And I've also found there's a special cream that you can rub on yourself that will grow like a little tiny clone. Like, not like how plants reproduce. Yeah. So maybe we can rub that on you and you can grow a tiny little Toya baby. And then Toya says, when you told me that you lied in court, I thought my response would be, Imran, I hate you with all my heart. But now you've said all these other things. I would never say that. Oh no, there's a squirrel. I better avoid it. Oh no, there's a there's a wall. Oh, what a mistake. And then they crash. That was a good story. You really put a lot of thought into this. Yeah, I, I definitely thought about this a long time. <laughs> what do you think? I, I don't know. Maybe. You're right. I don't know. I, I think that she, she was very silly deleting the voicemail anyway. Here's another thing that oh, might have God. happened. They're driving along and Imran says, Toya, I love you. I'm really sorry. I've messed up. I think you should drive us both into the wall so we can die together. But before I go, I want to tell you that I hate tattoos. And if anybody ever comes near you with a tattoo, you have to attack them. Maybe. Right. What actually, actually happened then? She remembers saying that she hated Imran. So, and she doesn't know whether she did it or not. But she's now did lying. She, she doesn't know whether she did it on purpose or not. Drove the car into the wall. She knows that nobody could ever know that Imran told her in the car. So she's saying, well, I might as well say that he didn't then. Or maybe she's denying it to herself. Yeah. Does she feel really guilty about doing it? Or does she logically think, which I, you know, everybody tries to be all like, you know, high and mighty and um, very morally upstanding and everything. But at the end of the day, if your husband's dead and you suspect that you might have had something to do with it, but you're not really sure, are you going to go to prison anyway or are you going to be like i'd rather not go to prison and my husband's dead either way well yeah because he was he was like it's your husband you can kill him if you want i thought that was the rule no that's not the rule Gemma. <laughs> that's not quite the battle you but you know what i mean that. like if i like sorry but if you're if you are somebody who's done something like this and you you think that you did it i don't think it's without the realm of possibility that you're going to fib a little bit and and hash the details and go no i definitely didn't do it mm. because why would you want to go to prison unless you're like really um you know yeah masochistic well but if if she thinks that she did do it maybe she does think that she should be punished for it or I she, does she want to get out for alfie i, I no, mean I does she know. think that she's completely lost all no, hope of getting alfie she thinks back she's now? lost him i i toya does strike me as the sort of person who would be like for the greater good i must uh, i i i must be punished you know i i can't imagine her conscious letting her conscience letting her live with the idea that she killed her husband mm. 
But at the same time, it's scary to go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go to she, prison if def- I could get away with she it. She definitely seems to be very insistent that she wouldn't have done it. I think, I, think, I think anyone would say that. And if she if she did do it in a moment of madness, which is possible, although I still don't think that she did do that, fair enough. But I think anybody would say, no, I wouldn't have done that. And she's absolutely right to say, I wasn't, I'm not the sort of person that would drive headfirst into a wall and possibly kill myself. Well, imagine, imagine if you have no memory of something and everyone's saying to you, yes, you did this thing. And you're like completely sure that you would never do that. But you don't, you can't prove it, and you've got evidence in the back of your head going, maybe you did, maybe you did. You would still stand up for yourself and say, no, mm. definitely not. Especially also if it's some kind of mental break or psychosis, because part of the problem with those sorts of things is that you're completely unaware of that, the fact that you are delusional. Yeah. I mean, I wonder as well whether she's just hoping to hold out for a little bit longer to see if there's another flashback episode coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I just honestly think that. I don't think that they have enough evidence to prove that she she did this. Yeah, and I think I'd be the sort of person like Toya as well who would plead not guilty. If I if I really didn't know whether I'd done it and I thought that's not the sort of thing that I would do. I think that I she feel, made the right I, decision, but she but but I don't think that I think she's she's bothered by these memories that she has and she's sort of thinking like these this kind of leads me to to suspect that something happened that I'm, I'm sure didn't happen, but I'm, you know, I'm glad that she's sticking up for herself here and saying, no, 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 I can't have done this. I can't have done this. Mm. Whether or not it turns out she did or not, I think having a bit of faith in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and we're such toy apologists. I'm sure but there's I, loads of people listening. There are. And I really think that, her. I think the thing, the thing is, I'm trying to put myself um, in the place of somebody who would be on the jury of her trial. And yeah. to be fair, there is a, an awful lot of evidence that would suggest that she did it on purpose because you're, you're never you're never going to know. That's the that's the thing with yeah. the justice system as well. It's like is there an has it been Unless proven beyond video. reasonable doubt that she did it? There the evidence does not exist that proves she absolutely did it on purpose. But for many number of reasons that have you know b- been made apparent, it's quite likely. Circumstantial. It is. It is totally circumstantial. But I think if yeah, if I was on the jury, I probably would be saying guilty here. So again, no wonder she's pleading not guilty. Um, but she, yeah, getting rid of her lawyer wasn't particularly helpful. <laughs> Although the lawyer was being very insistent that she that she do it, didn't she? Well, she was saying you need to plead. You know. You need to say you weren't in sound of sound yeah. mind. Did you did you think the lawyer was as bad as 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 lawyer did as as Toya did? Because I know everyone's focusing on this tattoo, and and I think that wasn't the the best writing really. Is it, let's assume that she didn't have a tattoo. Did the lawyer come across as being particularly inept? Not inept, but practical in a way that Toya wasn't prepared to listen to. Mm. Like the 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 solicitor is like, it's not my job here to listen to whether you did it or not. Unless you ha- unless you're going to tell me you did it, but if you're not going to tell me that you did it, then my job is to work out what the best defence for you is in court. Yeah, and I the- did it. Do it. And the best defence for you is that you went crazy, and that's how we're going to get you out off of it. Because it's the the evidence. But it wouldn't is- that it wouldn't get her off, would it? It'd yeah, but listen, a, a, a reduced sentence. sentence. But the evidence is is you know undeniable. There was a car. You were in the driver's seat. The car drove into a wall. And when the dust settled, you were still in the driver's seat. 
your husband was in the in the seat next to you and you had driven the car into a wall and it had no fault there's nothing wrong with the brakes there was no 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 reason for you to have not stopped mm. apart from you meant to do it on purpose whether because you were homicidally enraged or you were suicidally upset yeah one way or the other you did this and we've got to work out how to get you out of it mm. We haven't, we didn't meet this new solicitor yet, did we? So I'm, no. I'm interested to see what their opinion on the piece is and will they be able to find any other evidence that um, casts Toya in a bit more of a less guilty light. I'm also interested in the fact that knowing, now that Toya knows exactly what Imran's done, that she's still a massive apologist for him and she's not sort of saying, I really hate Imran. She, she's she's left with happy yeah, memories of Yeah, but is she lying him. to herself? Or is she trying to fool herself here? Is she not letting herself um, indulge in the negative emotion because she feels like it might overtake her again? I suppose, I suppose if, if at this point she, yeah, she, she lets herself get too mad about it, then she's going to start thinking, you know what, maybe I did do it. And that's the last thing that she wants to... Yeah. Think. So the more that she's saying he was wonderful, he was the perfect yeah. husband, etc., etc., etc. deniability for your own brain. She's saying, therefore, I would not have done this to him. Yeah. Which is why I guess Alia and um, Adam and that lot were rolling their eyes so much at the at the funeral. I'm surprised we haven't had Alia crowing all week about the fact that Toy's been arrested for murder. That seems right up her alley to she go smugging it. about, saying, "Ha ha ha, Toy's been arrested," but she's kept quiet for some reason. I couldn't believe it when Toya went on this rant at the solicitor about the tattoo. We were like, oh my God, are you trying... Why? I feel like I'm being personally stitched up by, by like the writing team to try to make... <laughs> and anyone who is a, a sort of apologist for Toya or a fan of Toya look like a maniac. Yeah. I mean, I, and I've also like spent quite a lot of time thinking this week, like, how can I justify this? How can I, how can I make out that she, this wasn't like a really horrible thing to say to somebody and they shouldn't have really the, judgmental and horrible. They should have just meant, made the lawyer look a little bit of a rubbish lawyer. One of the things that somebody I saw online say is that I think Toya asked her, how many cases have you had? Or have you done anything else like this? And the lawyer doesn't say anything, which might imply that this could be her first case because she was quite young, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, and I think that it probably would have been better if the duty solicitor had just, as a character with a certain personality, been really, really terrible. The, 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 the just tattoo really thing just makes Toya look like look a massive very unlikable. snob. And, and enough people and already think that about her. I don't... Yeah, it really feels strange. Like, I feel like... Like, Coronation Street's done this before in the past where they've set up a character um, and they've kind of made them look guilty and... And everyone's supposed to go along with it. And then, you know, oh, this big shock twist is that they're not guilty at all. Because what, what this is eventually going to happen is that she, she may or may not get prison time. I haven't decided in my head yet whether she's going to get sent down. But it's not out of the realms of possibility because it's been, oh, what, three, four years since Sally was sent down. And so it's about time for another wrongful imprisonment storyline again. But whatever, whether she... Whatever happens, she is going to get off at some point, and as viewers, we're supposed to say, "Hooray, Toya's yeah. got off!" Yeah, but, but we're making not going her like to. this, and and what a mardy mare she was to to Leanne when she yeah. came back asking for a cup of tea and everything today. But in a way, they need to make her a little bit more sympathetic and likable. It, yeah, but in a way, it feels more relate, more relatable and realistic. Like if I if I like, I don't really care if you have a tattoo, but if I'm if I know that I'm going to go to court. And people are going to judge everything I do and say, and also my solicitor. 
I might be a bit surprised to see somebody with like a, such a visible tattoo. Yeah. And I, and like knowing that people are prejudiced against people with tattoos, it might be of concern to you that you might end up being judged by that. And it sounds stupid and it's not fair, but it is a valid thing to be worried about if you're up, up for like your husband's murder and you didn't do it. Mm. And you're thinking there's also so much evidence. Think. There's so much evidence here against me. I need all the help I can get. And like I said, again, I don't care if you've got to like, tattoo your face. I don't care. I think it looks cool on some people. But people will judge. And that's why you in America, you have this big song and dance about jury selections and like having, you know, people like um, very famous murder suspects like Casey Anthony, all these people dressing in a certain way, being told how, how to do their hair and what to wear and wear, put glasses on and wear a suit and all this. And like, in, and what do you wear in court? Like your solicitor, what do they wear? What, what's the, what does their suit look like? For example, one of the things I was keep talking about the, the staircase, I nearly called it the suitcase, <laughs> the staircase. But one of the things that they said was this was in Durham County, which is in the South of America. And the one, uh, I think his name's David, David Rudolph comes in. He's uh, David Peterson's lawyer. He's like a slick city lawyer. He's got this very expensive suit on. And they were talking about, oh, he thinks he's that or that because he's wearing this expensive $1,000 suit. And they notice these things. And these things go into how you are perceived and how well your your court case goes. Mm. Like in this country... Maybe they should have lent into that a little bit more then if it, rather than just making well, the listen, toilet look like a snobby git. In this, in this country... Our, our legal representatives have a uniform. So they wear their wigs, they wear their gowns, and it kind of is a, a method of making everybody look the same so nobody gets judged and they take that element of, of, of look, looking at somebody's appearance is kind of taken away to a certain extent. But then you've got the solicitor who's, who's had this you know, tattoo done and she hasn't had it removed and maybe that's why Toya's mad about it. And I know that lots of people are probably listening getting mad about this. And the other thing I was thinking about too is that everybody, you know, not everybody looks the same and people who judge people by their appearances, we shouldn't pander to them because that's what's holding everybody back. Mm. Who's to say that this kind of prejudice can be applied to say a black lawyer? And you say, well, I don't want a black lawyer because there might be somebody on the jury who's racist. Is that is that a good thing to say? No, I would never say that. I would never stand behind anybody that said that, mm. even though I acknowledge that maybe that would be the case yeah. if you were on, if yeah. you were up for murder. And I don't know. I'm just thinking, Toya is obviously a bit stressed out and I've been trying to think of how to justify it. But yeah, she is being a judgy bitch. Yeah. And it's really annoying because I don't want her to be um, hated and slandered by I the think, show. No, but I mean, there, there have definitely been parts over the last week or two that have been put there specifically to elicit sympathy for her. I think that the funeral speech, for example, really, really did. I thought that she did a, a, a brilliant funeral speech and Georgia Taylor certainly should yeah. have you know, got a few bottom lips wobbling with that one the, the moment when she was shown the cctv footage last week as well yeah. definitely but, but it's like a question of like why have you done why have you done this mm. but then also i mean the final scene that we got this? of this week was abby cradling baby alfie yeah. saying oh i've got you at last i'm never gonna let you down i love you forever that sort of thing and, and it felt like that was that like the triumphant end to the week when abby the one who clearly deserves to have this kid has finally got him you know yeah definitely it it's it's nothing gets put in um, on by accident, does it? So why why has that been put in, and how should we feel about it? Yeah, 
Um, so, anything else to add to this? Um, do you think that now that Abby has got the opportunity to be judged by Wendy, is is it going to work? Is she going to um? Is is she going to get? Is she going to get Alfie at the end of this? Yeah, I reckon so. Um, one thing I was going to say is that I was reading on um, I look on the Coronation Street Reddit subreddit, mm. and one of the things they were talking about is the old old thing of Coronation Street used to be better back in the old days, blah blah blah. And one of the comments that stuck out to me that I think relates to this week is that they didn't try to make you like all the characters and they could be more flawed. And and I think Toy is a really good example of that this, this week because she is very flawed and she's not very likeable, just like Leanne was when, when Ollie died. Mm. And um, I think that those kind of three-dimensional characters are actually a lot more interesting than just goody two shoes, likey yeah. nicey nicey people. Well, Abby's and, definitely got her flaws, hasn't yeah, she? And but has then been portrayed as that. I saw another comment that was saying, "Oh, but nobody. I don't like any of the characters now. They're all horrible." So I don't really know what what to say about that. But it is more interesting when characters aren't just completely Snow White and. But it is hard when it's your favourite and they're just being an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no. like and. Yes, maybe there might be something to say about um, about how your solicitor presents themselves and is that going to harm your... I don't know if that's true, but you certainly shouldn't shout it in the woman's face <laughs> as she's trying to help you, especially when she's, like, doing it because she's the duty solicitor. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, oh well. I'm just, like... Still looking forward to this next week. I'm, I'm very, I am definitely, definitely gripped by this story. I just felt that this week I wasn't as gripped as I had been for the past few. In penance to everybody who has a tattoo, who might have been offended by my comments about tattoos and how people judge them, I'm going to offer to you um, to make amends. I'm going to get a tattoo myself. What? On my face that says I love Toya. So it's kind of a <laughs> bit of a double-edged sword for you guys. So just let me know what you think. Yeah, good idea. Let's move on to the next story. <laughs> okay, so this right. robot is fed just up with this. Bored I'm of clearly it. an Abby fan there. Okay, so <laughs> packing in Packham then. So um, this is the week where we got to say goodbye to, to Kathy Matthews. We've known this has been coming for a little while, not too long. It was revealed in the press recently. Um, how did this ep- this exit go then? Let's have a look because I still kind of can't believe that she's gone. It feels a bit like I've got a bit of whiplash. Here. I know, totally, yeah, as per usual with these kind of things. So um, Brian's still banging on about what, Cornwall at the beginning of the week. That's what Imran died of. Whiplash. Yeah, exactly. Just want to point out, we still do we know what Imran died of? Because I don't know. I don't think they're going to say anything new. I mean, he's 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 ashes now, isn't he? I was waiting to see whether they were going to do an autopsy and go hang on a minute. A quite intensive autopsy considering that he's been why have they crim- you just had a little crim- heart attack because it takes you out of you to have a car crash into scaffolding but if I was the solicitor I'd be saying the crash didn't even kill us, kill him so what are you talking about he <laughs> fell over he did daisy disease it's not I my know. client's fault well maybe they still will won't they well they can't test ashes can they right Sorry. Brian, Brian, let me talk about Brian. So he's got his Cornish fudge. He's still got his heart set on moving down south. 
Kathy is clearly not at all keen about this. Don't come down, it's too um, hot. He, but Brian's kind of saying, oh, it's going to be so idyllic, it's going to be lovely. Um, and it kind of, this this whole um, painting a beautiful picture about how wonderful the West Country is ends up in a, a kind of an attempt at a the proposal. Yeah, that's what we call it, isn't it? The West Country, that's Cornwall. Um, and he says that it's going to be great for insurance purposes and so on if we're married and you get all the, you know, the married couple benefits. Oh yeah, all the perks. You could do a po- we could do a podcast and everything. She's not impressed and leaves because it's not the most romantic of proposals. Um, so she heads over to the Rovers where she starts telling everyone about this naff proposal that Brian did. And also she says she found out about these letters. And I'd forgotten about these at the beginning of the week, even <laughs> though that was one of the final scenes of last week. And we were kind of wondering what these letters actually were. But it turns out that he's been corresponding with Julie, his ex, Julie Carp. And if you want to know more about her, take a look at our YouTube channel because we uploaded the character profile of her just a couple of days ago. But anyway... Um, yeah, so he, he's been receiving letters from her um, a couple of years ago when all the trolling storyline went on. Um, and Julie was saying, I can't remember, I can't remember whether he was saying that he missed Julie as well, but Julie definitely seemed to be hankering after Brian. And the last letter that she's got was one with Julie saying, have you ever thought about us having a reunion together? And Daisy's like, well, what a cliffhanger, which I thought was a brilliant line by Daisy. That's one of my lines of the week, I think. Bit fourth wall breaking. But I mean, it's, it's not funny. the only not the only fourth wall breaking in the in the Rovers this week because we also had Maureen Lippman and uh, he's got an ology line, didn't we? Which was yeah. brilliant. Um, anyway, Kathy says that this is my life here. It's not a cliffhanger. Daisy, uh, Jenny says, well, whatever happens, love is going to triumph, just like me and Leo, because they sweep that one up pretty quickly. Apparently, since last week's um, Dwight Eisenhower incident, Leo and Jenny have worked it all out. They're uh, bunked up again and everything's cool so that's good what was the point of that really no questions. I don't know Leo's not been made I mean isn't hasn't been forgiven so much that he's actually allowed to appear in any episodes this week but if anyone wonders what's going on there they're fine now anyway then the mixologist comes in so there's this Jim Fizz chap who Daisy has booked in to um, do some cocktail lessons at the Rovers and um, I, I didn't get on with Jim Fizz as a character did you? no I d- <sighs> He was supposed to be like kooky and fun and crazy and a bit, a bit, a bit sad and a bit school disco DJ ish, but I, I didn't I really just, like I him. I was just stuck on the idea of like, why would you ever pay somebody to teach you how to make a cocktail? If I was gonna, if I was, um, if I was Daisy, and I wanted someone to come and do cocktails, I'd probably pick a more classy cocktail mixologist. Daisy doesn't seem like the sort of person who goes, "Oh, Jim Fizz looks like the sort of." guy that I no. want on my Instagram account. I want swanky cocktails, please. She wants, like, stud tails. Bring back Henry. Yes, yes. get Henry Newton Henry in to come and show everyone how to make their uber doovers. Exactly, Summer's Robot. Anyway, um, so the party is in full swing later. Well, you know, the, the, the lesson or whatever you want to call it. It's Evelyn, Kathy, Fizz turns up. And did they, they didn't make any comment, unless I missed it, did they, about there being Fizz and Jim Fizz together? I don't know. 
Um, no. But anyway, Jim Fizz tells Kathy that he reckons she'd have better evening if she stayed here rather than going back to Brian because he's been listening to her talking about this pants proposal and um, he says, no, you stay along with me, I'll show you how to have sex, make a sex on the beach or whatever. Later on, Kathy is three sheets to the wind Jim's hitting on her. But then Brian turns up to the pub. Um, by this point, though, Kathy is nowhere to be seen because she's out the back necking Jim. Um, and so then Evelyn comes out and it's like, oh my gosh, what have I just walked in on? You're snogging the mixologist. They pull away from each other, but it's too late. Evelyn's seen it. Brian comes out the back, but Evelyn's able to chase him away before he finds out what's been going on. Um, and she's like, oh yeah, yeah, Kathy's gone for a kebab. She's not out here, don't worry. And Kathy does a kind of a look of, oh, what am I doing? Ooh. Back in the pub at the end of the episode, Evelyn's trying to convince Kathy that it's not the end of the world. You just made a mistake. You need to sober yourself up, confront Brian about these letters because he has been corresponding with his ex, let's not forget. And then maybe you should say about, you should confess about what's been going on with this mixologist guy, which is just a silly mistake, a drunken mistake. Kathy um, goes and throws up in the loos. Um, on Wednesday's episode, Kathy starts to get worried that Brian's been told about the kiss, because he, I, I can't remember what it is, but it's probably something along the lines of him coming in and says, I know all about Jim Fizz, or something like that. But, um, well, he's like, I've got, a, I've got a problem. I'm worried, and it oh, turns yeah, out yeah, he's... That's it. Oh yeah, he's just worried about the number of canal boat magazines. He's like, we've stocking. got this copy of Pokemon World, and it's not been published for seven years, and I've never had blood on it. And oh, I yeah, don't know where a, this came from. That was something from. else that went on this week, wasn't it? Was, that, was it this week that the Pokemon magazine last was on week, the show? Did maybe. we talk about it last week? I thought oh, maybe no, we did. We haven't. I don't know. It turned out this week because somebody posted a screenshot of it on Reddit, didn't they? They apparently you came with a free bloodied knife. And, uh, That's not and normal. It, and it for seems Pokemon. like maybe somebody at the Coronation Street props department was just having a bit of fun with that. And um, That's I hope the Pokemon not company, a company don't find to out. Mess with, I'm just going to say Gemma knows that. from po- personal experience, Pokemon experience. You're a Pokemon trainer, aren't you, Gemma? Or are you a gym leader? They take like a month to <laughs> approve things. Um, anyway. Not happy. I, I think that maybe if you have got four Canal Boat magazines in stock in a tiny little news agents like that, Brian's not wrong in thinking that maybe they've got a few too many. Yes, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> um, he says, well, what happened last night then, Kathy? You came in and you went straight to bed. And she's like, oh, I was, I was just really, really drunk. I'm ashamed of myself. That's all there is. No more questions. No more questions, please, Brian. So Kathy goes over to see Evelyn later. Who is? She's agreeing to keep the secret, but she's also relishing knowing that she's got a bit of gossip. <laughs> um, Kathy says, look, it was just a stupid, meaningless kiss. Um, and I... I can't remember. Evelyn says, what, you're going to live with the guilt forever then? And Kathy says, oh, give it a bash. (laughs) (laughs) Evelyn says, no, you really should tell Brian about finding the letters. And then while he's reeling from that, which he has done something wrong here, he's he's done, made, you know, secretly corresponding with his ex, while he's feeling guilty about that, that's when you sneak in the fact that you um, you, you snog the mixologist around the back of the Rovers the other night. Yes, Evelyn's very good at relationships. That's why she's still happily married. Yeah. Later on, Brian's still very stressed out with his magazine selection. Kathy's trying to calm him down and saying, look, it's mostly sale or return anyway, don't worry. And also, yes, I will marry you. (gasps) Yes. So she's decided, rather than to... um, don't she, confess, she, just marry. She gives him what he wants first before she's going to slip him a little truth bomb about Jim Fizz. 
Um, Jenny catches Brian in the street later and says, I've just heard about this, uh, the other day I heard about this proposal that you made to Cathy. Seems to have left her a little bit unimpressed, to tell you the truth, um, because she got absolutely bladdered last night after that. And Brian says, well, she's accepted my proposal now. So Jenny's like, oh, don't worry about it then. That's, that's absolutely fine. Um, and then he kind of gets the idea that um, in order to impress impress Kathy, he should have a go at learning how to make cocktails himself. And they could have a lovely cocktail thing together, a nice romantic with new fiancé sort of thing. So who do we know that can teach him how to make cocktails? Jim Fizz, of course. So he gives him a ring. He comes over and gives because him an like impromptu straight, straight cocktail away. lesson in the cabin. Because I don't understand how he's got this free time. He's so so in demand. You'd have thought so, wouldn't you? Mm. Um, but yeah, and and, and he, he doesn't even take him up to their flat or anything. All this time, we've never seen Brian and Kathy in their flat together, no, have we? Never so of will. course, it's in the cabin. That makes total sense. Anyway. Um, Jim's uh, a little bit loose-lipped during this lesson, and he's like, oh yeah, have you ever, you know, the robe's over the road, it's full of full of sexy redheads over there, isn't it? And Brian's kind of thinking, hang on a minute, are you talking about Jenny there, or is there someone else? And, um, there's loads of them. There, there are quite a few. Um, and he, he talks about going to the rovers, getting lucky with one of the redheads there, and, uh, and Brian's starting to think, hang on a minute, I think I, think I know who you're talking about here. Kathy, meanwhile, has gone over to number nine and told Evelyn that she's accepted this proposal. Brian's the one for her. Hooray! She's even got herself this fake headline printed from the novelty shop. Well, that was fast. Um, I didn't like the, some of the writing on Wednesday's episode, I have to say. There, there were a few things like, oh, what's that shop that sells novelties called? Oh, it's called Novelties, or stuff like that. And there was, Wednesday's episode was also the one where they kept banging on about the new Weatherfield County kit. Can I just tell you, though, that that's about the level of our humour on this podcast, so I don't know who you think you are. Yeah, but I hold Kurt not... Horry to a higher standard than I hold myself. Oh, do you? Did you? What did you think of the Weatherfield County stuff? I was just waiting to be shown it. They kept talking about well, it. Well, they going... showed a picture of it. Did they? They showed a, like a, they showed a render a of no, it. No, they showed. They said, "If you think that's bad, you should see the away kit." Yeah, they didn't see the, the no. away kit. It, it's. I, I, I don't think it was Jonathan Harvey that wrote that episode, but sometimes he does that, doesn't he? He kind of throws in a, a topic that everybody's talking about to try and. Um, show that these characters live in a shared universe where things are going on. I, I don't know, but I, every time they started talking about this stupid weather kit, I was like, move on, I don't, I don't care. Um, so anyway, um, she's got this novelty headline that she's going to, which she puts um, on the, the calling boy, the, you know, the, the newsstand outside the cabin that says, um, Kathy to marry Brian Shocker or something. It looks like it came off the front of Inside Soap magazine. Meanwhile, well, she's though, just trying to get on the front cover and she's writing her own headlines to try to pitch it to them. Yes. It didn't work. Meanwhile, Brian is doing absolutely terribly with his cocktail making. And I didn't think it was the best performance because he was literally standing with, with one thing, with, you know, the, the shaker in the air and the glass down here. And he was very obviously wobbling it all over the place just to make it look like he was doing a bad job. But I d it just it didn't it didn't work for me. Unfortunately, I was I was already thinking it's odd that it was taking place in the in the cabin and, and Brian was being a little bit too Brianish for me. Unfortunately, but well, anyway, Jim agreed with you. He said that Brian's got no pizzazz. He does. He says he's got no pizzazz. Let's call it a day here. I'm going to charge you for the whole session, but you don't have it. Like, well, no, you that's give a bit it to rubbish, me. isn't it? I've hired you to show me what it is. Yeah. As Brian says, okay then, he gives up very easily. 
And then um, Jim takes the opportunity, now they've stopped the lesson, to talk to him a bit more about this woman he copped off with at the Rovers last night. Because apparently she just had a terrible proposal herself. I think it, I think this comes up because Brian says, oh, I've, I just... Um, I just got engaged and we're going to have a, um, a lovely cocktail party. Or oh, that I was the plan. We were going to have, I was going to make cocktails for my fiance. And, and, and then Fizz, uh, and then Jim Fizz says, oh yeah, I know somebody who had a terrible proposal the other day. Um, he's the bird I, I got off with. Yes. And, and it begins to dawn on Brian that he's talking about Kathy. Um, and, and then just to, to, to cement this, the guy says, oh, and her, her ex has been correspond. Uh, her fiance, sorry, has been corresponding with his ex too. So Brian's now terrified because he realizes that Kathy has found out about these letters to Julie. So meanwhile, outside the ca- cabin, we've got Kathy putting the headline thing up on the call-in boy. Ne- Neighbors are all gathered round. They're all excited about this, but then Brian comes out absolutely fuming, saying. Um, this is fake news in the words of the 45th president of the United States. We're not getting married. He ushers Kathy inside and says, I know all about Jim. And she's like, oh no, I love you, I promise. But he doesn't believe it. She brings up the letters and he says, you know what? Julie was the one that was writing to me. I rebuffed all the advances, actually. I've had it with you. This is, this is, this is, you've gone too far this time, You've Kathy. gone too far. Too far. Too far. Friday. Kathy's with Yasmin in the cafe and she is totally ashamed of herself. She's um Roy comes over and says, Oh, I'm sorry, I've heard about all your troubles. Um we anything I can do to help, etc. Yeah, but we this is kind of getting the feeling of this is somebody's final episode, so we're gonna gather the characters that have had something to do with them over the past few years and make sure they have a few final scenes together. Um but Roy Roy isn't particularly helpful there. Um Not Evelyn really. comes over to the uh, cabin to see Brian and he's like, Have you made it with Kathy yet? He says, look, I just don't know what to say to her. He's also pretty narked to hear that she knew, that Evelyn knew about the kiss before he did as well. Kathy goes back to the cabin later and she says, look, I, I, what I did was wrong. I'm really, I'm, I'm sorry. And she, he, he's decided that it's probably best if he gets on her good side and says, look, you don't have to explain. I can see I was making you unhappy. Those letters didn't help. I can understand you must have been pretty hacked off when you found them. I don't want to lose you, which is why I've just put in an offer on a house in Cornwall for for us. Yay! That was a really silly move for Brian to make, considering one of the reasons that she was so fed up with him before is she was clearly not in any way interested in Cornwall. So why he thought that this would win her round, I don't know. I mean, it does, because Kathy no, is also... Well, it does for about... Five, five minutes, minutes doesn't it because Kathy's like yeah let's move to Cornwall he's also made the rookie error of thinking that making an offer on a house means anything in this yeah I know I know day and age um, so Kathy goes and tells her Alex and Evelyn about this and, and Alex is we've started to see him a little bit more recently haven't we yeah. because it's been over the past few years during Covid um, haven't seen much of haven't Alex. seen much of him at all but back I, behind the bar in the cafe and he is he can tell that she's not into the idea. No, no. She, and she, Evelyn's like, probably you should tell Brian that you're not. Yes. You don't want to do this. So Kathy heads back and she's she's intent on telling Brian that actually I don't want to go move to Cornwall, which is kind of what I've been saying all along. And Brian doesn't let her speak. He says, look, there's been loads of interest on this house. I'm going to up the offer. No, no, let, let's wait and see. And then go and, and go some people higher. at the end. Let's go up. And Kathy says, stop, Brian. I don't want to move to Cornwall with you. Oh. What? So inside, she says, there's nothing, there's something wrong between us, isn't there? And it's not just to do with this house. This isn't about the move. 
there's been we've not been going Jelly. so great for quite a long time now. Yeah. Something missing here. And you must be feeling the same way, otherwise you wouldn't have kept these letters from Julie. And then the, the, it kind of starts to sink in that they're having a splitting up conversation. It's quite a mature and kind of it sad was. Was. realisation they both come to together and there's no hard feelings particularly. It's just a very sad conclusion to mm. to something that didn't work out. Yeah, totally. So, um... Final is it the final scene? No, the final scene with Wendy, wasn't it? The penultimate scene of the episode, I think, was Kathy packing all that stuff up into the woody, um, which I'm sure doesn't make sense because I'm pretty convinced that Roy sold that car when he was moving to Peru <laughs> next year. But never mind, maybe he's Last got a new year. one that looks the same. Well, there's probably a few of them. Yeah. Um, so she says her goodbyes to Alex and Yasmin. They all have a little cry there. Drive off. Roy drives her away. Brian jumps in the way of the car and says, wait, wait, Kathy, I've got you a... What was it? He gave us some sort of cakes. I don't know. It was something out of one of the jars in the sweet shop, wasn't it? It was something significant. A bag of cake. Um, Here you it, go. It was a pretty no poor final... Yeah, and she says, oh, have a good life or something, and then drives off down the road, and, and that's about ta-ra. it. Yeah, exactly. ta to you as well, yeah. The usual thing of, like, I'm literally moving around the corner. I'm going to dead stone it. Um, I yeah. just imagine I'm here and everybody I like I'll see all the time but the rest of you I won't and I'm not going to be on on television I don't know how far away it is where she's moved to but um, well she was she's sort of saying oh you come and see me all the time yeah but I don't think we are going to see her I, see I fear her. that this is indeed the last that we've seen of Kathy. unless I mean unless Peter Gunn decides to, to leave Coronation Street at any point soon maybe she could come back and whisk him away but the way I'm feeling at the moment, I'm thinking I'd probably prefer to have um, Julie come back and, and do that. I would love it if Julie came back. Yeah. So you, you, you said at the beginning that this was um, a bit of a quick departure for Cathy, and uh, I totally agree with you. We... Just so that you know, Michael, oh, yeah. Tawley is about half an hour oh, is that to all? the northwest. Yeah. Of Manchester. Okay, fine. So it really is pretty close, isn't it? But yeah, I, I feel that we she's not going to be returning to the Rovers anytime soon. Uh, it was it was a an a, a textbook. I'm going to leave really quickly without having that much of an exciting storyline. But I suppose I need to have a bit of a storyline. So can we have two weeks maybe to try and make it look semi realistic? But it doesn't really work, wasn't it? It was a bit like, you know, when Emma decided at the last minute, just a couple of months ago, that she was going to disappear off to, to Australia with John. It's a shame, but I don't know the circumstances around Melanie Hill's departure. I know that she did decide to leave herself, didn't she? This wasn't an axing in any way. She she wanted to move on. There were some, some quotes from her a few months ago when this, when this broke. But... It, Corey clearly didn't want to give her a massive storyline. And if you compare what happens to Cathy with what happened to, to Imran, there's just no comparing, is there? If you compare them, you can't compare them. You just cannot compare them. I mean, this... Just imagine, in a, in a, in a parallel universe, Cathy's departure storyline was the leading story in Britain's Got Talent Week. Mm, <laughs> I, think, I think they probably did down. go with the right character to, to give the, t- the screen time to, but it just it feels like if I was Melanie Hill, maybe... And, and that was the exit I got after giving, what, six, seven, eight years of my life to Coronation Street. I'd maybe be a little bit disappointed, but also maybe not particularly surprised because this is probably the biggest story she's had in about five years, it's you know? It's sad to say, but that's the truth, really. And I think it just illustrates um, 
the issues that Kathy's characters had for a long time. She came in, she, guns blazing. There was, she had a big story. She was dating Roy. She had the, you know, the twists and the turns, the revelations. She had about a hoarding. Sister. She had a hoarding. She had the fire. Um, there was a lot of stuff that she was involved in, and Melanie Hill's more than capable of of holding her own in, in these. And she, you know, when she was hooking up with Roy, it felt very much like, yeah, they are investing a lot here in this yeah. character and they really think that she can do a good job. Yeah. But I don't know that that kind of sustained itself. No, and when they when they gave Melanie the job in the programme, it was like, look at this, this, this well-known, this big actress. I mean... That a lot of you will have heard of. It's not a nobody. This is Melanie Hill. She was married to Sean Bean for for crying out loud. So to give somebody with her background a character that just fizzled out after a few years and then remained fizzled before. It feels like she's a victim very much of how big the cast is. Yeah. It was, and and it and could it, happen. People it, get it, lost. Yeah, and it shows that it could happen to anyone. And I guess. Um, when I was talking to um, Amanda Barry um, earlier this year, she talked a lot about like making links. And if your character's got lots of links, then that's good. Like, why would this character have a reason to talk to this one and this one and this one? And it's kind of yeah. spreading your spreading your reach in the show. And Kathy just didn't, did she? No. The, the fact that only a couple of people were there to say goodbye to her says it all. She didn't have much to do with anybody that wasn't Roy who is a big character, obviously, Alex, who's also barely in it, Yasmeen, and then well, obviously Brian, and that, that was it. You know, we talk a lot about how kind of secluded the Baileys are, but actually quite a lot of the cast is pretty fragmented compared to the very early days when there was, you know, everyone a few dozen everyone, characters yeah. and they all talked all the time to each other and it felt more natural. Mm. really does feel like these characters are kind of like sort of a... A series of small islands. Yeah. Um, but even with Kathy and Brian, like I said, we, we never saw their, the flat that they shared together, even though bad. it was literally right there. When they bought the cabin, that almost that coincided with the fact that, with the time when they stopped showing the cabin. That's, like, we've hardly had any cabin scenes with them in. That's really unfortunate, because the cabin should be a major... Should be a major set. hub. For, for getting characters uh, to interact another, with each other. I mean, is Kathy, are Kathy and Brian another kind of victim of COVID in that with fewer reasons for these characters to go to shops without having masks on and all the rest of it, is it more difficult to justify these scenes? Are, are, they, are these sets more difficult to film in because of how small they are? Because I, I, I'm not sure about... I think that there, there were rules concerning how big the set had to be before you could be allowed to have a certain number of people in it, which is why we had lots of weird scenes in the in the in speed dial, which didn't mm. make any sense because that was a bigger set. I yeah. don't I don't know. I'm just speculating here, but feels like a lot of unfortunate events kind of coincided to muscle Brian and Kathy out. Yeah. And um, you know, if you're Melanie Hill, you got lots of other things that you could be doing. Mm. Maybe you feel like, well, I'm gonna go to Chorley. <laughs> Somebody, another character who should have links with Kathy, but I don't know whether we've ever actually seen them in a scene together is Shona because Shona's been working in the cabin allegedly for the past three or four months now hasn't she? Not for she? the last week Michael she's had a very stressful duvet week She has had a duvet week this past week yeah but she's been working there so Really, she and Kathy should be quite close, but Shona wasn't there to say goodbye no. and she really, really could be because Julia Goulding was, was filming 
um, that week. She, well, she was in this week's episode. Yeah. Although I guess if she'd have turned up and waved her off, then probably that would have left a, quite a few viewers scratching their heads saying, like, why is Shona there? Other? How do they know each other? Yeah. I wonder now, is Brian going to struggle to run the cabin on his own? Is he, is, uh, was, was Shona brought in to work in the cabin back whenever it was, March time, in, in anticipation yeah. of, of Melanie Hill leaving so that we know that he's not on his own there anymore. To be I honest, at a certain point this week, I was thinking, is Brian going as well? And they just haven't told us. It's like a, a shock. Yeah, because that's the thing. There's, is there any reason for him not just to up sticks and go to Cornwall now? Because he clearly really, really, really wants to go and have yeah, a nice pasty, doesn't reason? he? Maybe he's going to discover you can buy pasties from devs. <laughs> maybe. I, I guess maybe he can't afford the, the, the house if it was going to be partly bought between him and Cathy. Well, I don't so imagine him to... getting a good mor- rate on a mortgage. No. But um, if he really is that keen to go to Cornwall, why not go? Just but go. there's going to be some reason for it, I guess. Did you think it was as quick as Cathy's exit was... Did you feel that both characters were acting in character this week? Like, the, like is, is Kathy the sort of person to drunkenly snog a, uh, a mixologist? No. We have she seen her get a bit sozzly before. Yeah, and she's, she's been high as well. She has been high <laughs> and drunk, yeah. When she was high on mushrooms, I think that's that was my favourite Kathy moment. That was. that was absolutely brilliant. Mm. Um, I don't think this really... It all felt very contrived. People do randomly snog people when they get drunk, but it, it did seem a little out of character for her, but not completely. Because uh, because she... Even with like all the stuff she did with Yasmin and Elaine last year, she was often a bit... Um, uh, a bit impulsive, maybe. Yeah, impulsive and, is a good word. Um, so I... I I didn't completely think it was out of character for her. And the, and, and the same with Brian wanting to go to Cornwall. We, we were Recent, just talking about yeah. him recently. And he's he's upped sticks to go to Wales in the past. So Wales he, and he Cornwall certainly are very close. Yeah. <laughs> no. He certainly isn't the sort of person to want to rest in the same place um, for too long, is he? Mm. So I guess that was in his character. But I, it just feels really sad when you see these characters who... As far as we know, and that's the problem, we just have to guess because they never show it, that they had a really solid relationship. It's sad to see them split up over a small thing. And it's similar to Fizz and Tyrone, isn't it? That was... Actually, was there a kiss before they split up? I think maybe there was. Yeah. I think... Uh, and Tyrone we... kissed... Alina. Yeah, and, and we were we had to accept that because of something fairly small, Tyrone and Fizz would split up over it, w- rather than work through their problems. And I I just got the impression that this wasn't that big enough of a bombshell for them to have gone from at the beginning of the week everything was kind of okay. Can you imagine that? Just on Monday, maybe. Maybe you're a bit hacked off because of something that your spouse has done. Well, to, the by the end of that day, it's fine, actually, because we're engaged. Or maybe it's it's the next day. To the very next day, being like, I'm leaving you. I'm never going to see you again. But it's a Coronation Street thing. I know. It just feels... It, they they, they could and have honestly, made it last longer, but, yeah, but then would it have been interesting yeah. to watch? Probably not. No, and also, would you really have cared, like, if it was two weeks instead of one Boring. week? Yeah. Well, that, welcome back, Summer's Robot. Yeah, I have not heard from you for, for quite a long time. What, what have you been doing? I've been upstairs listening to me tapes. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay. Um, 
Anything else you want to add about this one? Final thoughts on Kathy, Gemma? I'm sad to see her go, but I know I can understand why. Yeah. Which I mean, is sad indictment the, the, of the, the, cast, the way the character's The been. cast is very big. Yeah. Um, Kathy's not necessarily one that I would have chosen to lose, but... And it's really, really sad to say, and this is, you know, not a reflection on what I think about Kathy because I do like her. I don't think that the show's going to miss her. I know, that's, it's, and that's, and that's even that's, worse. That's the sad thing about this. Yeah. You, we're not going to know that she's that she's gone, unfortunately. No, sad. Yeah. I wonder whether, like, Alex is going to stay around as well because um, I can't remember where he's even living at the moment. I think he's supposed to have his own, like, supported... Flat or something somewhere for, for for other people. Maybe he's living with Wen- Wendy Flame and Crozier. Maybe he is. But um, there's no reason for him to stay particularly. But someone's got a butt of those roles when the Shona goes don't off on himself, her, uh, and her She's working leave. with Brian now. He yeah. needs all the help he can get. That's very, he's very got true. a lot of gin to clean up the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, bye, Kathy. Bye, 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 bye. Ta-ra. Yeah, our Summer's Robot says goodbye as well. Mm. Right. Audrey Gemma. What she been up to this week? Audrey has been up to all kinds of mischief, hasn't she? Yeah. I guess. So she's got her cataract. <laughs> I guess it's mischief. She got a cataract operation on Monday, and she's gonna stay with Gail for comedy purposes until she recovers. Um, then we get old Gail rooting around in the bins later because Audrey was putting stuff out, and she's put loads of. Well, she's empty... hiding her bottles, isn't she? She put loads she's of empty... a massive lush. She put loads of empty wine bottles in there and, and Gail's getting a bit worried. Then Audrey comes back for more operation and she's got this like plastic eye cover thing and she says she wants a drink and Shona says... And she, she goes, what'll it mean, me hearty, you tatter-rum? I thought Shona was brilliant. They were just taking the mick out of her for being a bit piratey looking. Audrey passes out because she it looks like she's downed another bottle of wine and Gail is very worried and she decides to confiscate the rest of the alcohol and put it in the wardrobe so that nobody will find it. Later on, um, on Wednesday, Debbie's like, I need a cleaner. Where can I find one? And Gail and Audrey come in and we all know what's going to happen there, don't we? Don't even need to tell you. Audrey wants to, them to booze up at lunch, but Gail says they should just have lime and sodas. Um, they end up hiring Gail as a cleaner. Audrey goes home by herself and tells Shona that Gail was worried that she would have to look after her and thinks it's quite funny. And then she gives Audrey... She, Audrey gives Shona some money to go to Dev's to get her some, some wine. Like she's Because a, of Gail hiding it. Yeah, and it's really funny because um, cause, uh, Shona's like this willing little gopher who really should know better, but she doesn't because she was shot in a box. Gail comes home and grills Shona about where Audrey got the booze from. And Shona's like, I don't know, she bought it herself. Gail sees right through it and Shona's like, I don't care, whatever. Who, you know, she's 80, she can do what she wants. On Friday, um, Audrey's got to go to the hospital for a follow-up and turns out that nobody knows that who's supposed to go with her. Um, so they say Shona has to go. Um, Shona's dressed out about this and she tells Bernie about her, about her duvet week being interrupted by all this annoying family business. And Bernie says, well, I will help you centre yourself. And I know you don't like Mystic Bernie, but I quite like this side of Bernie's personality. What do you think about Bernie Summers' robot? What a lot of barbies. Oh, yeah. Does not agree with realigning chakras with stones on your nipples, which is what Shona was getting done David to comes today. in and finds Shona. She's on the lounge floor. She's lying on a yoga mat and she's got stones all over the place, including two of them sort of very suggestively placed over her, <laughs> her breasts. 
and it turns out that um that Bernie has located the source of the Platts woe and it is a golden elephant statue from Thailand that Gail brought back and it's giving off a load of bad energy. What a load of bargains. And Bernie <laughs> reckons they should get rid of it. So, um, Shana tells Gail about this. That was a bloody stupid scene. Sorry, I just can't see Buffoon Gale without moaning about Buffoon Gale. She, she was, was there cleaning the front of the bistro, wasn't she? Singing along to I can't remember what. But oh, she's such a fool. Oh my gosh, I hate her so much. I Sorry, is that is that sacrilege to say I hate Gale? But when she acts like this, I just can't be doing with her. Sorry. And then she like, throws her bucket of water to throw it in the street. And oh look, she's shown her shoes. Isn't that hilarious? Oh, yeah, I remember that now, because you've written, Shona gets her feet soaked by comedy Gail, and I was thinking, was Gail, did Gail come in and say to Bernie, no, that's not how you relax someone I know, get a foot spa. No, it wasn't that (laughs) at all. I remember now. Um, Audrey's like, uh, Gail's like, why are you here? You're supposed to be taking Audrey to the hospital. And Shona says, no, Audrey wants to go by herself. Also, you have to throw out this elephant. And Gail says, no. Bernie's just trying to get it because it's valuable. I'm going to get it um, valued. She takes it somewhere, comes back. She says it's only worth £5. And it's definitely not cursed. Audrey comes back. She got a taxi. She sends Gail off to go and pay for it, which is quite funny. Then she tries to go to the pub, but Gail won't let her. Um, But Audrey doesn't listen to her. And she takes Shona and they go to the pub together to realign their chakras in Mm. in in a bottomless glass of vino. Yeah. Um, what did you reckon to this story this week? I enjoyed Shona in it. I think I'm, I'm loving Shona. I, I think I'm Shona really was the saving grace Audrey. of this story. I think Gail's a bit of an idiot. Um, obviously, this is not the first nor probably the last time we're going to have a story about a character drinking because they've got problems. Not it, sure how interesting I find it. I don't find it very interesting at all, really. Even though Audrey, I really like I know, Audrey. Aud- well, Audrey is usually great, and, and, and she wasn't bad this week, but there, there wasn't very much this week that made me think, yeah, Audrey's brilliant, hooray, Audrey's back, we've missed her so much this past year or two when we've barely seen her. She was just there, and it wasn't even that Sue Nichols wasn't given her A-game or anything, she was, it just didn't feel like particularly engaging material, it was like, oh, hilarious, somebody's drinking too much and hiding it. It's, there's only so much so comedy that you can that you can... Well, I think it was supposed to be funny, no, but I think her it's having little be... secret meetings with Shona. I think it's yeah. supposed to be, oh, she's serious, she's getting drunk, or blah, blah, blah. But... I know, but I think it's supposed to later on lead to something a bit more serious. I think if they're sort of tackling something, you know, uh, pet, you know, alcoholism amongst the elderly or something, <laughs> I don't know, we haven't had that, I guess. That Alcoholic angle. octogenarians. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm scoring this week out of. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they haven't specific... This is the thing, although it is... It could be something more specific as far as an issue storyline goes than we have seen before. Many times we've had an alcoholic on the street. Hashtag speak and save. It could be a bit interesting, but is that where they're going? Have, have they kind of lost that element of uniqueness a little bit because they haven't teased it out enough? The, the because prob- sometimes when they try to tease out these issues-based storylines, they get too specific and too in your face. Like when we had Sally sitting down and basically giving everybody a public service announcement about how sometimes um, a hormone re- replacement therapy is not suitable for people who have had uh, breast um, cancer. Mm. Like, 
yeah, I guess you would bring this up, but not exactly in the same way that Sally said it. Yeah. I think the storyline has just really suffered from being drip-fed too much over the past six months because it's... I mean, maybe maybe it's even longer. When was it that well, Audrey what? bashed her car into Rita? That was, well, like, last autumn, that. wasn't it? And it's But like, you're always doing that. You're always saying, oh, this is too... This is too spread out. Sometimes it's, it's too spread, spread out. out Sometimes it's not spread out enough. Exactly. I don't think. So. I don't think. And I, I no. don't know whether there's been any issues with getting all the cast together to be able to film it, or whether it's been COVIDy things or what. I I don't know, but I I just wasn't particularly into this storyline, unfortunately. Despite the fact that Shona and Audrey are both brilliant characters. Um, did what? Did, what was your opinion on um, Audrey being allowed to basically drink herself to death? Because Gail was saying no, she shouldn't be. She needs to. She needs to be in control. And Shona was just saying, look, she's eighty. She can do what she wants. If I you think... were eighty, do you think you'd be allowed? To, would you like to be allowed to do what you want? Yes, I think it's not a question of is she allowed. It's more of a question of like, does she know what she's doing? Mm. And I think she probably does know what she's doing. Well, if she's hiding the bottles in she the bin, she knows what she's doing is wrong. But she's always been one that she, who for, to not care about what anyone thinks. I don't know. I mean, I know, I know that there are. Maybe one day we'll be able to say, "I look, did a test on you, and it looks like you probably likelihood of you getting anything bad from drinking is." very very low so drink as much as you bloody well want whereas you there if you have a glass of wine a day you're going to die of liver cancer you know Mm. maybe one day we'll get to that stage and we can say look choose your vices carefully but right now where we live at the moment it we really do not know how much this will affect or not affect Audrey and she's obviously upset about what's going on in her life not Mm. the right way to cope with it but how how is Gail offering her an alternative yeah, she she doesn't she's like the idea that she's her. getting old and infirm, does she? I don't she? blame her. It's horrible. As someone who's been so vivacious and full of life for the whole of the past eighty years, she's or so, aged to very see her. well. Yeah, she and, has, and but now to, to realise that her, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, and I think that Gail is all very well her moaning, but what's she doing to help Audrey? Is she sort of saying, you know, would you like to do this, ma'am? Or would you, can we get you in this club? Or would you like to go here? Or have you thought about going on holiday? Get, let's what get, let's she get got you to... in the club, Audrey. Has she got anything to look forward to? What do you mean the club? Do you want to get pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll offer a new lease of that'll life. That'll show won't, toy, it? won't it? If, if I had Gail as being the only person that could get me out of this funk, then I'd probably turn to drink as well, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, that's saying Boring. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is fairly boring. Let's um, move on to the next story. Do you as we move on to the next story? Summer's robot is getting a bit ants in its pants. Um, so, uh, a bit washly pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the Phil story, because this is another one that there's not a whole lot to talk about, although there is a fairly exciting prospect of another returning character in this one. Um, so... Fizz finds out on Monday that the whole of the new house is wired up wrong. Oh no! Can't believe it. I know. Who would Sucks ever do that? their dream house. Um, so, see, she said, "I can't stay there. I don't want the girls hanging around any dodgy electrics. Thank you very much." Well, but I mean, Fizz, you don't want hope hanging around anywhere that could be flammable. Yeah, that's very true. Actually, with a grudge. Yeah, she's going to be there with like two wires in either hand, just yeah. flicking and putting them together to watch the sparks fly. Yeah. Um, anyways, Tyrone, of course, because he's a he's a nice gent, says you can come and stay with us at number nine. Um, Fizz isn't sure about this at first. Then there's a weird scene. I don't know whether this went what what this was all about, but oh yeah, maybe this was linked. 
No, I don't know. Fizz is showing Evelyn pictures of a wedding dress at the end of the episode, doesn't she? But then it turns out the pages are all stuck together. And that sounds really dodgy to me. No, I thought... <laughs> why why no. were the pages of a wedding magazine stuck together? Has Phil been reading this for fun? Can I just tell you why they were stuck together? Why? Isn't it because of his creamy paint? <laughs> his creamy parts? <laughs> That's so rude. I don't know. I, 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 thought it, I thought this was the insinuation that... But the creamy paint was last week. I know. Now it's stuck together. I don't know. Anyway, um, Fizz has got better things to think about. He's got different things to think about on Wednesday because Phil's mum, Mimi, <laughs> remember her? Yeah, we loved we her. Mimi. Lots of people hated her. And but Coco. we thought she was brilliant. And well remembered. Coco the dog, he's named after a Nazi. Yes. Um, she, they can't make it to the wedding because Mimi has got emergency dental work booked. And Fizz thinks this is wonderful because she absolutely hates her mother-in-law to I... be. Phil says, maybe we should postpone the wedding until she's available. And Fizz says, no way. I kind of loved how um, unapologetically vindictive I Fizz didn't... was about this. It didn't feel um, very much in character, though. She no, was just it, it, was, so... it felt a bit too mean for Fizz. And I know she doesn't like the woman, but... She was so openly, like, I hate joyous. your mum so much, and yeah. I don't want her to have anything to do with the wedding. Like, I'm sorry, I know that that you, sometimes fam- other people's families can be difficult. Your own family's difficult, but a wedding isn't about you, it's about your families joining together. And... Although I can't say, I don't think we're going to be seeing Scylla turning up at this wedding either. <laughs> well, maybe that's... This is a parent-free wedding. Maybe, yeah, like, instead of having a child-free wedding, you have a parent-free yeah. wedding. I know, Chesney, you're not invited either, because right? you're no such a downer. No one's invited. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's a bit mean. She says, no, we're definitely getting married, 8th of July, so there we go. There's a... Write it down. Write it down, everybody. How long's that? Three weeks away we're going to get Fizz and Phil's wedding? Possibly. Sally, Sally's like, you're, you're being a bit of a bitch here. You, you shouldn't make his mum miss the wedding. No, she shouldn't. Anyway, back at home... Um, she's gleeful. She She's very gleeful. She's telling Fizz all about the fact that Mimi's not going to come. He's chuffed for her as well. They do a little celebration dance together, don't they? Like, well, you can't have your horrible mother-in-law come along to the wedding. But Fizz, uh, Phil comes into the Rovers later, where Fizz and Tyrone, I think, are. And he says, oh, good news. Good news, everyone. She has moved her emergency dental appointment. Must have been, must have been a cancellation or something. I don't know. And um, she's able to come to the wedding after all. And Fizz begrudgingly no. admits... What? He says she wants to be part of the wedding. Yeah, she can come. And she wants to be part of it. And Fizz says she can no. come, but she, I'm not having any of her nonsense. No, though. not having her. Thanks very much. Mm. Um, I can't remember a whole lot about Mimi, to be fair. And it was only six, seven months ago she's she was She's very overbearing it. and very posh yeah, and very yeah. condescending. I remember really, really enjoying her. Uh, do you remember and that um, that cake... Was it, was it an engagement? No, it was a birthday cake yeah. for Phil, wasn't it? Yeah. That had the, the dog on. She will not... I'm sure there will be very many comedy scenes. And, you know, I'm trying. I'm casting my mind back to Corey Weddings of yesteryear and it occurs to me that I don't know how many times we've really had the overbearing mother-in-law interfering with the, the wedding preparation storyline, which is, you know, a very sort of common mm. uh, complaint of, of people about to get wed. That yeah. People stick their oar in and it's not always welcome. We've mm. had bridezillas and we've had many, many a, a rushed wedding. But I don't know, this this could be quite interesting. Uh, uh, you know, Mimi's probably going to be quite aghast at the fact that they haven't hired their China 
from the correct suppliers. <laughs> and I don't imagine that Fizz has even considered asking where she's going to have her reception what the brand of the plates are that they're going to be serving the wedding breakfast from, which would be Mimi's first question, no doubt. And yes. I'm sure she's going to complain if the if the venue is not dog-friendly. Mm. Well, it's, to be fair, it's going to be the Bistro or Chariot Square or maybe Speed Dial, isn't it? There's yes. not much much uh, choice here. Not really. Um, I wonder, I, when I was thinking about mother-in-laws at wedding, it just got me thinking about when um, Maud Grimes was at... Yeah. Um, was, it, was it Maureen and... It's Maureen and Fred's wedding, was it? Or was, no, no, it's Maureen and Reg, and um, and and she was a cantankerous mother-in-law. She wasn't a I want to get really involved one, was she? She just didn't like that Maureen was getting married to Reg. And then there was the scene in there where um, Maureen overhears Reg telling someone or other um, what a horrible old biddy she is, and she gets really upset and and takes herself off, doesn't she? So oh, yeah. I wonder whether this could be an opportunity to develop Mimi as a character or are they just going to keep her as a bit of comedy relief? Keep her as a funny old battle axe. Yeah. I mean, that, that is if she even comes back, of course, because it looked for a moment at the beginning of this week that it was going to be a case of, what's that? There's a family member that really should be at the wedding. We need to come up with an excuse why they're not going to be there. But as far as it looks at the moment, she is going to be there at the wedding. So I, for one... I'm looking forward to her returning. And all the all the parents who should be there are like, damn, she used the dental excuse and now she's coming anyway. Yeah, exactly. What am I going <laughs> to say? Yeah. Um, okay, that that was it for that. There was nothing much to talk about there. Something's going to go wrong. I are can't see Fizz and Phil getting married. Oh. Maybe, maybe. You said that about I mean, Imran and Toy. It feel, I, I did say that about Imran and Toy, although it didn't last, did it? Not even a month they were married, I don't think, because I think we got... Um, a, a complete, absolutely confirmed death date of 30th of May for Imran. I think it was written on his coffin. I wrote it down somewhere. Um, so there we go. Yeah, I think they got married at the beginning of, of May, dead by the end of May. Oh, it sounds like an old nursery rhyme. I'm kind of guessing that Mimi's just going to be so insufferable that either Fizz is like, I can't marry you, Phil, which maybe doesn't make sense, or maybe... Mimi is able to persuade Phil to not marry Fizz. Well, and he is Tyrone. a massive mummy's boy, isn't he? It's so Tyrone I think he able might do to it. convince um, Fizz not to marry Phil. He seems to be, although he's pining after Fizz... It's being too supportive. He's, yeah, I, I, he, it'd be a bit of a character turnaround if he was at this point going to say, no, don't do it, don't marry her. But maybe maybe Phil and, and, and Fizz will be sitting on the sofa one day and um, he says... Do you want to watch? She says, "Do you want to watch a pre- one of those cake show episodes?" And he goes, "That's a load of old crap." Who who watches those? And then she finally thinks of the time that she and Tyrone used to eat, yeah. the, eat Claire's and watch <laughs> it, and will realise that actually Phil is not the man for her after all. And she doesn't really like watching Zombiezy. Yeah, good point. Good point. Okay, um, let's move on to the next storyline. Back to you, Gemma. We have got the summer storyline, everybody. So, um, Summer's Robot, you're up. You, 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 anything you want to say at the beginning of this, Summer's Robot? Did you know that Summer doesn't want to go to Oxford anymore? You've checked. You've, so I told you this is a learning robot, Gemma. Last week you were saying, did you know that Summer wants to go to Oxford? Yeah. But he's watched this week's show and he has changed his programming. You're absolutely right. They're doesn't gonna... want to go to Oxford anymore. Don't. Let them become sentient because they will kill us. I, I, yeah, well, I don't know what he's going to be saying next week. So go on, Gemma. She doesn't want to go to Oxford anymore. What has Summer been up to? All that for nothing. She's going to be going on a summer holiday this week. That's all I know. <laughs> Monday, there's a meeting organised at the school and Billy's trying to persuade Summer to go and she says, I don't want to. What's the point? I'm not going to university. I've blown it. 
Then she goes to the bus stop and I prefer the old summer. Asher and Amy are there. And they're annoyed. Boring. <laughs> they're annoyed with her. I prefer the old summer. Summer's robot, I'm sorry, she's gone. Um Asher and Amy don't like Summer anymore because she's a cheat and she's stitched up Ardy. Then we get Aaron and um he comes over and she says, Oh, I hate myself and she he tells her to chill out, people make mistakes. And the girls will come round, and even though we've split up, we can be friends. So, in the cafe, Paul's telling Todd about Summer and her current state of mind, and Billy says, we should talk to Summer together. So they, Todd and Paul, begin an intervention, it doesn't last very long, and Summer leaves. Let's move on to the next story. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need to give this story its time. No, we, yeah, I'm sorry, but this has not got very much left, Okay. Summer is with Aaron later and he tells her he tells her that he wants to get back with her. Fergin and <laughs> And they should be one of those couples that are really all over each other and so annoying and they should go away together. Boring. And she nods and then Billy comes back from the meeting and says, Summer, you've been disqualified with no chance of a reset. Oh dear, no. But that's okay. Summer. Yeah. That's okay. Um, Summer doesn't want to go to Oxford anymore. Is that it? No, Summer doesn't Summer doesn't want... care. Did you know that Summer doesn't want to go to Oxford yes. anymore? That's what I was hinting at. Summer doesn't care and she says, me and Aaron are back together and they're going to go, we're going to go on holiday. And he's like, okay, well, if that's what you want. And then she looks at a magazine and it's got sexy beach people on and no doubt this will trigger her further because... She's sexy. not a sexy beach person, well, she is could, she? she is a sexy... She could be a sexy beach person, every, but in her head she's not. She's Everybody is beach ready. Whale that's been, Okay. Yeah. Well, that, excuse me, where do whales belong? On the beach. Mm. Dying in the sand, I suppose. <laughs> um, okay, okay, so... Billy is a very... Is showing his um, lack of parenting skills. Really, Summer's parented herself this whole time. It's only coincidental that they live in the same house together, to be honest. Um, yeah, Billy allowing his, his daughter-ish to go off on holiday with this person that she's only just met, split up with for a little bit, and has now got back together again. And also, they both have eating history of eating disorders. She's not over hers yet. She's just had a very traumatic experience. She's been kicked out of... Like she hasn't been punished for any of this stuff, and I know that I know that Billy thinks that she's mature enough that she doesn't need to, and it's punishment in herself that she can't go to Oxford anymore. But actually, is this is do you need to punish Did her? Did you know that Summer doesn't she want does need to punishment. go to Oxford yeah. do you think anymore? That she does? Um, do you think I don't? I I don't. I'm not parent. I don't know. I've never been in this situation. I just feel like she's kind of gotten away with it. She's like, well, all's well that ends well. You know, I've been punished by not going to Oxford, but that's fine. I don't want to go anymore. Like, okay, well, if you don't want to go anymore, you've not been punished, have you? So go to your room. I think it's just like it's the relief. She's been worrying about this and it's been stressing her up and eating her out for so long. What? <laughs> what? No, eating her up. Eating her up for so oh long. Oh my God. That's, sorry, that's very rude. I did not mean to say that. Um, <laughs> and, and, now, and now she's got that weight off her mind. Um, she probably does feel relieved even though it's kind of a misplaced emotion here because yeah. that's not actually the appropriate response. For, no, I for wonder whether, happened. you know, is September or October going to come around and her all her mates are going to go off to university. Yeah, what's she going to think she's, then? And she's going to be there buttering balms in the cafe or whatever it is that she's going to be doing, sticking, stitching knickers or, you know, whatever. or whatever. Prostitute. <laughs> oh <my laughs> I don't know. I don't but, know. But if I, I was Billy, say. I would say like, okay, 
you've you've messed up. I'm gonna have to sort of do. You know, we we need to talk here about what the consequences of that are beyond. You're not just going to Oxford anymore. But we also need to come up with a plan. Yeah. Like, what what are you going to do now? Let's th- talk about the options. Nobody t- nobody said, you know, do you want to go on a gap year? Do you want to go, you know, do you want to go be a be a summer camp counsellor in America and be in a, a in a horror movie and get eaten by a vampire? Mm. Or would you All like to options. go and build a house in in a in a different country. No, he like just says, you go off and have your holiday. Maybe he just wants to, he, he knows that she's been through a very, very tough time recently, so she's going to go on a holiday, nothing's horrible's going to come out of it, and then when she comes back, then they can talk about it. Or maybe he's just deferring to the other two dads, because Todd and Paul have seemed to have been a little bit more involved in this than he has. And I, and this is the other thing as well, this whole three dads situation... I quite like it. I don't know whether I'm I do. Call she them... doesn't need three dads. She's 18, like triad, sake. The triad of dads, like the dad trad. The dad trad. Yeah, why not? I, I'm not really enjoying this either. I don't think that they are very good at we, this is what No, and then, and when when they had that conversation, uh, that sorry, that storyline towards the beginning of last year, um, I was saying then that Todd is a great character... And he just seems to be tied to other characters that aren't so interesting. And, and they just need to get him, get him away from them, get him more into the, the Undertakers or something. But I don't, I, Todd is a much better character than just being a, one of three dads, a third of a dad to, to summer. A third you know? of a dad trad. I don't, I don't like really... To no, now. I think it's fine. I think it's very mature of them all that... They can co-parent together, and it's not been about them. It's been about Summer, mm. but they still managed to end up with a with a cheat, um, <laughs> as, yeah. a, as a child. Yeah. Also, I'm I'm surprised that Aaron's still hanging about. I know every time Aaron appears on the screen, I'm thinking, oh, are, are you, you sticking are you around? still in it then? I mean, we saw he was at the Soap Awards this weekend, wasn't he? Yeah. So he's going to be in it for a little while longer, at least. He he absolutely felt well, like he was just... a. A short-term character, just review episodes. They just give out those awards, um, golden tickets to anybody because we'd be there if they did. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I don't know when this summer holiday is going to happen. I'm guessing in a few weeks. The fact that this story ended on Monday makes me think that maybe boring. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to the next story. Okay, fine. Summer's robot. Turner and Smooch is the last uh, story of the night, and um. Nothing particularly happened here, really. Nothing that new. Max has got friends. Max has got his friends. How much did he pay them? He fancies Sonia. We knew that already. And they're reminding him to watch out. Don't get too loved up with her because her ex-boyfriend is still sniffing around. And don't forget, he's massive. Um, Max tries to get David to lend him some money later in the episode. And David's reaction with like going, oh, what, do you want condoms? Was kind of hilarious. Um, and but Max does ju- doesn't want that. He wants some money to take her out for a meal somewhere because it turns out that he's ashamed of the house because not only does um, Sonia have a massive ex boyfriend, she also has a massive house, and um, and and he thinks that number eight pales in comparison. And David's like, no, you shouldn't be ashamed of where you live. And if she's the sort of person that would look down on you for for living in a little maisonette, then while well, she's not worth going out with. Um, so he finds Max having a bit of a grumpy grew in the community garden later. 
realises that he's actually quite sweet on this Sonia and uh, gives us some money so that he can book her a ticket, uh, a ticket, a seat at the bistro. Um, and then they just have this scene at the bistro, which I thought was quite sweet with um, Nick and him later, where Max goes in to order a, to book a table and Nick's like, oh, oh, is it for a girl? Tell me about it. I thought it was quite funny there. And then he says um, a great line, which is like, oh, I was about your age when I first got with Leanne. We ran off and got married. I wouldn't advise that. So I thought that was, that was quite a nice little callback. And that's why, as we mentioned earlier on in the episode, Leanne catches him listening to Natalie and Brulia um, in, the, in the bistro office later because he's reminiscing to their Gretna Green jaunt. Beautiful. Um, what a beautiful couple. So basically that was nothing, wasn't it? It was just David showing that he's cool with Max having a girlfriend. And I assume that this massive ex is going to come into it at some point and give Max a jolly good beating up, maybe. We'll see, won't we? That is it for this week's Coronation Street. Gemma, final thoughts on the week by you, please. Um... I'm really, really tired. Gemma's really hot and tired. And this is difficult to get through. And it's difficult sometimes when you're recounting the show to recall whether you're bored of what you're saying or you were bored when you watched it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the Imran stuff was fine. I was a little bit disappointed with... The fact that they were making Toya out to be a bit of a Mardi man. Well, lots of people will say, you know, this is this is typical Toya. This is what she's like, mm. you know, and they're not going to be surprised, and uh, they're going to sort of say that this is their, you know, their justification for why they don't yeah. like her. Just like we will try and find some reason for her yeah. doing what she's doing. <laughs> I enjoyed the funeral. It was nice to see Sarah, Love Sarah a good again. Um, and, and, and Georgia Taylor always brings her A game. Um, the, the Kathy and Brian storyline dominating as much as it did, that's well, it not going to make it a brilliant week, but they kind of had to, didn't yeah. they? That had to be one of the leading stories of the week. Um, and then the Audrey stuff, meh, fine, I guess. Phil, nothing oh, much going on there. Can I just say, Shona was a real highlight of that story. Yeah, yeah, she was. So like, yeah, we said that earlier. She totally but what are they was. doing with her chakras? I you can't mess know. around with that, you know. I don't know. The whole thing with the cursed elephant was just ridiculous. Sorry, I thought it was, it was funny. Stupid. Um, so I, I, think I, I've got a lot more tolerance for Bernie. Bernie's crack. I've n- I've never had that much tolerance of Bernie. No. But you don't like. I don't necess- I don't believe in crystals and healing auras. Don't and stuff. let Melanie Hill hear you say that. But because she thinks they're great. Yeah, but I like. I don't. It doesn't bother me if anybody else does. And I'll listen. If somebody wants to tell me about their crystals or, like, try it out on me, I'm like, fine, yeah, have a go. I, I don't not believe in it, but I don't believe in it. I'm completely ambivalent. So mm. I don't have anything against the character of Bernie. I know some people immediately need jerk reaction, don't like it, find it a bit offensive or woo-woo. I think it's all in good fun, you know? I don't mm. know. So I, lo- I really, really like that aspect of Bernie, especially considering that there's not very much many other people like her no no that's true that's and true. I don't think and there I, have I like... been very many people like her on Coronation Street who haven't been in a cult yeah I did. I, I kind of like that scene seeing Shona laying down like that was quite funny and then David's reaction to seeing her was always uh, always good um, but no I, I'm giving this week um, three cocktail shaking Lotharios out of five it was fine 
Yeah, I agree with you. I was going to say three. I only give it three tattooed solicitors, which I think would make a really good team. <laughs> and maybe they kind of all put their hands to, in the middle of like, go team and put their hands in the middle. And then they kind of make a symbol of justice with their hands, <laughs> with their hand tattoos. Um, character of the week this week. Mm. I don't want to say Kathy just because I have to say Kathy, but I don't know whether there's anybody else particularly that majorly stands out. I like Toya this week because. What? Are you going to give it to Toya at last? Yeah, I feel like I need to just I need to defend her from her haters, and um, I I think um, I'm really uh, like this. The funeral speech was excellent. I really liked the scene in the police station when she was being grilled, and she was like, "Oh no, maybe I did do it." I really liked her, like not you know. having a go at this poor woman who was trying to defend her and just like just being a total bitch and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter sort of suggesting that this has secretly been her personality all along and she's just been pretending to be nice and she isn't actually nice at all and I guess that maybe I maybe I resonate with that a little bit maybe I (laughs) feel like I'd pretend to be nice and maybe I maybe I'm Toya maybe you are I think I'm going to give it to Toya this week as well um I'm not saying that the other char- the other stories didn't have characters that... I don't know even what I'm saying. I think this... The only thing I will say... I think say... she was. Toya was the one. Whenever whenever she came onto the screen this week, I was like, brilliant, yes. it's a Toya exactly, scene. And yeah. I can't say that I said that about any other character apart from maybe Shona, but she did get my character of the week last week. I'm firmly convinced that Toya didn't do it, and there's going to be some Absolutely. piece of extenuating evidence that's just going to completely... Um, allow her to go free and prove instantly that she definitely did not do it at all. Mm. Um, but one thing I want to say is that watching this and the way that she's acting and the way everyone's treating her, I think Coronation Street are going for a twist where it's revealed that she didn't actually do it and that's supposed to be the, the real drama of the, of the story. But I feel like it would be way more dramatic if we knew from the beginning that she didn't do it. And watching it, watching her being unlikable, but knowing that she is innocent, I think that would be a bit more I, of a I dilemma. Not, I like it how it is. I like it how it is, I think. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, going going to, taking herself to the police station... That was ballsy, that, that took was. Guts, that did. And I've and enjoyed I how that hard that she's yeah. been. She's not kind of, Yes, she's having a bit of a cry here and there, but the, when, when she was standing up to her solicitor and saying, no, I didn't do it, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I didn't that. want to kill myself. That was myself. a bit of Battersby spirit there. She I was, think she's showing she a lot of resilience down. here. Yeah, she really, really I don't was. think I would be strong enough to do this. She's lost everything. She's lost yeah, everything. T- yeah. And you Not would think... a fortnight after her husband's dead. That somebody like Toya, who's, who's sort of fought so hard for these things, would crumble in the face of having them taken away from her so tragically... But instead, she's completely risen to the occasion and she's not letting herself get broken by the system. And she's not, you know, she's not even now saying, yeah, maybe I do feel like I I wish I wasn't alive. Maybe I do wish I was dead um, now because I've lost everything and I'm being accused of Mm. of killing my husband and I didn't do it. But even now she's standing firm. She's going, she's going to the police station. She's saying, I didn't do this. You must listen to me. She's very, but it's funny because she secretly harbours the doubts that she did do it. So what is she playing at? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I still really find her very interesting character. Um, it's very difficult to defend a lot of what she's done this week, even though I've given it my best. Definitely don't think that it's good to uh, discriminate against people because of having tattoos. I'm I'm um, looking forward to seeing what her reaction is to finding out about Abby's little victory this week because I know that she maybe has 
given up on seeing Alfie, but is she happy that she will be able to see Alfie, even though it's Abby raising her? Or is she going to be like, this isn't fair, I had my heart, I thought I was going to raise this child and now you've got uh, him, sorry. Is Alfie, is Abby going to be magnanimous and allow Toya to see... To see Alfie, because the thing is, is Toya... Is Toya going to try and kidnap Alfie? <laughs> maybe Toya was a bit condescending sometimes towards towards Abby. Little bit. But she she had her heart in the right place, and she was she was the one that insisted to Imran that Alfie and Abby has to be part of, of Alfie's life. Mm. I wonder if Abby will show gratitude and acknowledgement of that. Mm. Or it should just be like, oh, who gives the sod? I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Um, Summer's Robot, do you have a character of the week this week? Abby. Oh, Abbe. Abbe. He likes Abby. He's an Abby fan this week. Fine, there you go. So Toya, Toya and Abbe. I don't think... Can Rebecca, don't bother writing this. No, you don't need to write down <laughs> Summer's Robot. That's, uh, that doesn't count. Good one. Oh, sorry. Okay, fine. Right, let's move on because there's lots of news to talk about this week. That's it for this week's Street Talk. Okay, welcome to the cabin. This is the new section of the podcast and we've got a lot of news this week, although some of it we've already talked about because some of it is is British Soap Award related news. Michael, you keep saying some of it and it's triggering me. What? I think you're saying summer. Summer. No, we're not talking about summer at the moment. Don't mention summer. Congratulations to Julia Golding. Gonna have a baby. We found that out at the, at the British Soap Awards on Saturday. Some people we? found it out some at a different time. Some people found it out earlier than others. It yep. just took me a little bit of time for the penny to drop. But yep. congrats. When somebody comes and points at a lady's big stomach and smiles <laughs> and the lady goes, la. Doesn't punch the person in the face. So yeah. <laughs> that's always, that's always the, 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 the cue is if the lady looks annoyed, might just be chips. Yes. I, well, Julia Golden can have as many chips as she likes because she's eating for two now. But it does mean, unfortunately, that Shona's shelf life is currently limited. For the time being, anyway. Well, so she I'd... did a bloody good job the first they time a... around. S- shot her in a box. Yeah, her, her, Julia Golding's first maternity was the best maternity cover ever. Not just because of, you know, she didn't just go off to visit her sick mum. But also, yeah, shot and she was shot in the box. But also because... It kind of felt like she was never gone, didn't it? Because she was in hospital for a bit, and they they showed a few scenes of her in hospital, didn't they? They must yeah, have filmed beforehand during it, and then she was back she... before you know it. So I'm hoping. Well, I, that I we want will her to have as a good, as long as a she lovely, needs. As long as she healthy um, pregnancy and lovely, healthy baby, and anything else doesn't really matter. Yeah, no, exactly. Even though we love. Shona. We do. I and, just... and finally, I finally got myself around to... To liking Shona. Liking Shona and David together. Yeah, so they, they better not split them up. I just... Yeah. I mean, if the, if it's a quick one like before, then maybe they could just do with, you know, not showing her for a bit and not mentioning I it. I hate... Yeah, I don't I mean, want Shona don't and really... David to fall out. I don't want Max to set Shona on fire or anything silly like that. Right, I don't want yeah. Audrey to crash her car into Shona. Let's just have Shona upstairs listening to her tapes for a few months and then she can come back down again looking off, uh, not, not thinner and, and a bit shagged out. So I don't know. So that, that's what that, happens that when you have a baby, isn't it? That's how you get a baby. For it. No. Yeah, well, that's what Julia right. Golding... No. That's exactly Summer's Robot. That is exactly what Julia Golding must have been doing. No. She's only allowed to... What? No, Don't fag it when you're having a baby. No, no, no. So the British Soap Awards... Um, is this news? I suppose it's news if you've been living under a rock and you haven't listened to our other podcast, but um, Coronation Street picked up a couple but last week. I just week. need to add, if you are under a rock, you can listen to our show. 
We're available on, on, on all things. As long as you've got a, um, a, a device for listening. Well, yeah, if you're under a rock, maybe it's one of those Corrie Cobbles that was on April Fool's Day for uh, on the Coronation Street Twitter this year. Do you remember? They had the Cobble, oh, yeah. the virtual assistant. So that's quite <laughs> handy because we are that. available on Cobble. Yeah, we are. Like, not many people we're the listen only, to us We're on the that. only podcast the available only on Cobble. The only one on Cobble, yeah. exactly. We had an exclusive deal. Um, we have to stop being mean about Summer's robot. I mean, and Summer, and also <laughs> Tim. Yeah, like prefer the old summer. Shut up, shut up. We're not allowed to say that summer's robot. Okay. So, um, Coronation Street picked up. um, What do we get? We got Best Newcomer. Can I just say, you keep saying I know, I knew you'd say that. I am part of the Coro family. No, you're not. You You didn't get anything. You're like a football man. I was there. He thinks he's won the World Cup. I was there. I felt like. In 1966, and he wasn't even alive. I was almost ready to jump out of the balcony and pick it up, to be honest. I I haven't prepared a speech. I feel really (laughs) bad about this. I don't know why you've given me this Tony Warren award. Yeah. for Jan McVerry but I'll take it you know I know that she's got up can you sit back down Jan yeah. thank you we didn't actually get best newcomer did we that was a massive lie can you stop saying we I'm not, Coronation I am serious Coronation Street thank did you. not get ma- best newcomer it just sounds really weird Coronation like Street because I didn't write this down because I thought I'd remember best villain was picked up by Max Evans That's he right. got him for Corey Brent yes. which was quite a Quite a, a task, considering who he was up against and also um, Millie Gibson who plays Kenny Nealon picked up best best young and best young performer best best child best no drinks yet or or yeah best best person who can't order their own drinks after the the show exactly um so congratulations to those two awesome stuff but also coronation street picked up the tony warren award which is what they give the behind the scenes people each year and it was jan mcvary who won that who was a very long long going coronation (laughs) street writer she was a storyliner talented prolific is the word Yes, she, she started working on Corrie in the early 90s. Friendly. Yes, she is very friendly because we met her. We met her after the show. We talked about that in the last one. We just happened to bump into her on the street and I uh, and I pounced on her and said, hello, are you Jen very? I'm glad she was. I'm... I am so proud of you because you you, never, you you don't drink at all, but you're always the one that introduces yourself and you have no shame. And I can't even do that when I'm drunk. No, but uh, there were still a few people that I should have said hello to uh, at the awards that I didn't. Like who? Well, you know, like I didn't say hello to Jamie McKenna, I didn't say hello to Dan Brocklebank. Uh, but there's always next time. I've got to save anyway. them up for, for other things. Yeah. We haven't watched the British Sober Awards, by the way. Well, we I hope it. I'm not on it. Well, were we? I was, I was, I, I, I always forget that they film the audience. Yeah. So I just look grumpy and hope that they're not going to use that. <laughs> I've got literally no idea because we haven't watched it. We recorded it, but I can't really be bothered. So if anybody happened to see us there... Um, let me know. Don't let Gemma know Don't because she doesn't me. really want to know about that. Um, now, this I, is... Was, did they get any shots of Philip Schofield? Oh, I, I told notifications to turn off. Because um, I heard he was there. He took... Yeah, he was definitely there. And right. I got nearly kicked out for taking a photo of him for somebody on Instagram. Yes, absolutely. Let's move on to the next story. Yes, I agree, Summer's Robot. And this is an interesting one because have we talked about this on the podcast yet? Because I don't think I knew about it until yesterday. But there's a new book out called... Reflections on the Times and Life of William Roach. Um, what a weird title. Yeah, which is I can only imagine written... that he made them use that title. There's a, there's an interesting picture of him on the front. Um, this this is a this is a biography. So he's not had anything to do. He didn't write it, um, but it's been written no, by. Because if you write it yourself, it's called an 
autobiography. English degree there, everybody. A fact. Um, it was I written by Rob Goodfellow, Jonathan Copeland, Peter O'Neill. Um, and yeah, it's a biography of his life. It was apparently published on the 19th of April. And either we talked about it on the podcast and I've completely forgotten about it, or they just snuck it in there and uh, they forgot to tell anybody. But it's 224 pages long, so it's a quite, a, quite a lengthy read there if you're interested in finding all about um, what sort of stuff that William Roach has been getting up to. Um, and, and, you know, on Corrie, off of Corrie, being sued by the sun and all kind of stuff like yeah. that. Boring. Yeah, shut up. Don't you sue us as well now. No, no, he sued the son, sorry. (laughs) I was going to say, what did they... Well, they said that, that as Summer's Robot just reminded us, they said that he was boring, didn't he? But um, but he's hey. not. No. Oh, God, God don't say that. For God's sake. Yeah, that's what, that's what Will Roach said. Anyway, um, this is the blurb for anyone that's interested, if you're, still, if you're still holding on here. An entertaining and informative reflective biographical account, so many adjectives, of the times and life of William Bill Roach. I like how they put the Bill there in uh, inverted in commas just to make him look cool. That will have enduring appeal beyond Bill's fame as an individual. A balanced historical and social commentary that tells intriguing stories about a remarkable individual punct... I bet William Roach wrote this blurb, didn't they? Uh, Individual punctuated with interesting side facts, references to Coronation Street and humour. The story of William Bill Roach's times and life paints a reflective portrait on topics from soldiering... I thought it said soldering then. To spirituality and from acting to ageing. And how to avoid it, probably. Celebrates the long life of a British television I think he icon. eats collagen. Lots of collagen. I thought you were going to say cauliflower there. I, should, I really must stop guessing what you're going to say no, midway guess through it. a word. Um, now, I just looked at one of these authors because I was just intrigued. Mm. Jonathan Copeland. I thought I recognised his name, but I obviously don't. Um, but if you like uh, reflections on the times, times and life of William Bill Roach, you might he also doesn't. want to pick up a book that Jonathan Copeland um, contributed a photograph or some photos to, which is the Ethnomusicologist's Cookbook. Ethnomusicologist? Yes. And also, Dancing Out of Barley. I thought you were going to say Dancing Out of Barlow. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Ken came into the world. Do, do, do. Ida was there, legs spread out, no, and don't. Ken comes Can you stop dancing. being very vulgar about I'm women's I'm not being vulgar at all. I'm being funny. Look, there's, there's not much there of a we go. Summer's robot thinks it as well. There. Now this is quite funny as well. Sherrily Houston has um, was interviewed. I think this was in the Mirror this week, um, and she oh, says, "Hang on, what? No, you, you're moving too far ahead. I've also oh, okay. just looked up um, Rob Goodfellow, on and he's got some some good stuff. He's also he's written five big things all student nurses need to know. Mm. China business. Oh no, he didn't write that. Um, so many delicious years. Murni Warring Ubad Bali from toasted sandwiches to Barleens. Mm. Do you have any um uh, do you have any quotes, Summers Robot, from um Rob Goodfellow? I happen to think I'm a great fellow. I thought I was gonna say good fellow then. Anyway, carry on. Who else have we got? Just entertain. I didn't know uh, no, you move on. I don't know what's going on anymore. Okay, so Sherrilee Houston wants to play a villain, she told the villain. I thought the she really this did. Week. Well, you know, she she's ran a over drug that she's, she's yeah, she's notorious ex con. She is. She's she's um, she ran over a policeman. She got told in off in court for, for speaking piping up, didn't she? Smoked the demon weed. Yes, yeah, she did. And um yeah, Next but anyway, she wants to play a super villain. Shooting up in the church. 
Yeah, I know, totally. Um, she says that she loves playing Izzy and she always wanted to play Izzy, but I'd love to play a murderer. I'd really love to be a really bad baddie. Now, I'm fully behind turning Izzy into a supervillain. I think Shirley Houston could do a really good job. <laughs> yeah, I'd like I to see I think she'd her. be great I'd at I'd like it. to see her having... I just want to see her back on the show. I know. I, mean, I never thought it's I'd miss Izzy, but I, 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 I really just want to know that she's safe and healthy and, and everything but I, but she, she's just been talking about how rotten her life has been oh, as well God. I mean what, what's one of the things I've said here um, she says at the moment she at times she can't sit up without getting Bell's palsy and brain in, inflammation oh, no. that's really really sucky for her I mean, one of my colleagues at work has got Bell's palsy he sometimes gets a bit of a it's like when your mouth droops it's, a little it's bit a pa- isn't it parrot par- yeah Parallelisis. Yeah, It's not when you can't speak properly. That's what is wrong with me. Yes. It's when your face, yeah. part of your face gets paralysed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so she, but she says she, she, she at times she can't really move or anything, but she can talk, so she's been able to turn her laptop on her side and get to work and everything. And she has been working really, really hard. She got her own... She's done really good, yeah. I can't remember what she got this year. Um, she's but, another one of these people that did something when the... When the pandemic happened, yes, and put all the rest of us to shame. Who's like, who like, what just I... like the isolation creations. Yeah. <laughs> what did I do? I started a diary and then I got bored of it. I started uploading things from the podcast onto YouTube and then just carried on going with it. Um, anyway, I, I do really, really sincerely hope that Shirley Houston gets back soon. She was a lovely, lovely lady when I spoke to her on the, on the podcast I hope she gets um, just over soon. a year ago. I really, really do. It's so rotten for her and, and, and Toby, her partner. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, shielding during COVID is bad enough Yeah. without having the health issues as well. Yeah. I sincerely, sincerely hope that we get to see yeah. her soon on the cobbles. She says she'd like to come back with a bit of a bang. Although um, I might actually come back with a small fizzle while I get better. I hope that she, yeah. I, I, I would really, love to see her really, even really just hope, so. doing a little fizzle. Sending all my love. Yeah. A little Izzy fizzle. Izzy fizzle, please. Yes. Um, anyway, that, uh, 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 why not come back as a baddie? I mean, we could just make up that Izzy's been trapped away well, inside. Is she... I can't remember what the name of the road is that she lives in. But, well, she can, and she comes back know, to crazy She's reclining on her recluse. bed. She could be like an evil Roman emperor mm. just eating grapes and sending people to their death exactly. or she could do what lots of people do in their bed go on your phone and like harass people <laughs> on the internet and then she can she can have fergus back as a minion couldn't she yeah he'd yeah. make a great she minion. could harass who could she he'd, harass he'd, he'd, she'd send people he should send him out to just go and put parking tickets on everyone's cars yeah. that's yeah. so evil is it's he very evil yeah i think she should like heckle tim on Twitter. <laughs> um, speaking of the mirror, maybe this wasn't the mirror, I don't know. Maybe the other one was mirror. One of them was mirror. Maybe they both were. Oh, sources but, um, not important to us. No, it doesn't matter. Some some very well-informed um, publication... Incredibly prestigious. ...has spoken to Stefan Dennis, who plays Paul Robinson in um, soon-to-be-axed Soap Neighbours. Well, it's already been axed, I suppose, but it's um, got a few months left now. And um, he reckons that soaps could also be facing the axe if they don't move on to streaming platforms. Um, which is an interesting idea, and it's something that we've kind of talked about with the, the, all the with the hub and everything, haven't we? But I don't know whether whether Stefan is can, is talking about like you know the big streaming platforms. Like, do we do we would would Netflix pick up Coronation Street? Or I guess it couldn't, could it? I don't I don't know how these things work, but I think you could say it's already streaming. Well, it but is streaming. He, he's he's basically don't... saying that I I think that 
that traditional TV is um, is on its last legs, and if soaps don't make the leap off of it and onto streaming platforms soon, then they could risk going the same way as Neighbours. Do you want me to read out the quote? I would love to hear it in an Australian He is Australian. Accent. My concern is that if a soap does not soon make that transition, we will start to see the demise of these beloved programmes around the world. Wow. No amount of wailing and upset from fans is going to stop what was an extremely tough economic decision that Channel 5 never wanted to make. Ultimately, Neighbours is a product in a big business of film and television. <laughs> and like other business, if a product isn't making any dollary dues, it'll make way... For one that will. Wow. Sheila. I really can't. I thought he was here. Thank you. Thank you. He was. Now, see, okay, right. Can I just ask you an honest question? Yes. Did they axe neighbours? Was I born in Australia? No, No? I wasn't. Coventry, born and bred. Did they axe neighbours because they're going to get you to do, like, an animated version and do all the voices cheaper? Yeah, I'm I'm so much cheaper. I can do Kylie. Um, Go on. I'm spinning around. Get out of my way. <laughs> I is... should be so lucky, 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 Why, lucky. Why don't you sound like Hilda Robin? Do the locomotion no, me. No, no, no. All right, I'm not going to do anything <laughs> with you. Um, I don't want to see Coronation Street have to move on to streaming platforms, but maybe that's because I'm just well, too is, snobby but... and old and traditional. I don't know what he particularly means. He's just saying that normal TV's dying. But, I mean, I guess that if ITV looks like it's going to die, or if, you know, broadcast, regular, terrestrial kind of style telly is going, then Coronation Street would just make the leap to the ITV I hub. I think it's but very difficult to think that the ITV say. hub is one of the most popular. A bit box, maybe, I suppose. I just don't think it makes any sense to predict the death of television, an event television. Maybe he's just bitter about neighbours getting the chop first. We've had, I mean, look, if it was that simple then everybody would know what to do, wouldn't they? Because I don't think it is that simple. No, I don't think and so And I also either. don't think that soaps are suited to streaming platforms particularly. And we've had many discussions on here as to we why have, that is. We have, we have. Yeah, I mean, exactly, there's a whole water cooler-ness of it. Although, I mean, lots of people are talking about streaming things, aren't they? I mean, what's been the, what's been the big streaming Stranger things, things recently? Stranger Things Series 4. That's getting a lot of people talking about it. Even if people are watching it at slightly different times, there's an awful lot more talk on the internet about that than there is about Coronation Street. What? Why? <laughs> because it's got <laughs> crazy kids in. Yeah, well, we should just get some more... Well, we've got crazy kids. We There's do, don't we? Plenty of crazy kids in Coronation Plenty of crazy Street. kids in Coronation Like crazy Simon. He'd be, he'd be the Hollywood's next big star, wouldn't they? Well, he'd listen, I've him. been in an industry that people have been predicting is going to die for a long time and it is not dead yet. And I just think that, so, you know, there's always going to be broadcast television. Mm. Just, I don't see what, what you're going to replace it with. I don't understand. Well, you know, YouTube... Yeah, I know, but it does, that doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make Kids sense Kids literally don't watch TV anymore. They don't know, know what's on TV, as far as I know. And I'm broadly speaking about all children here, but of course some children do. But I don't care anymore. Okay, on. let's move really on to the next care. story. This, this is... If I never talk about streaming television again, I will die happy. I think it's unavoidable in the years I'm to come. i um, This is a sad piece of news for the next one. Um, we have a an, an RIP to shout out here to Ernst Walder. Don't say like, I shout out to my dead homies. <laughs> Um, well, he he played Ivan Chebesky back in the early days of Coronation Street. He's one of the original characters of which there are, and you know, I think there was only four actors now from the first lot. That's really sad. You got William Roach is still here. You got um, Anne Cunningham who played Linda Chebesky. 
Um, Philip Lowry still alive and kicking. I know I have, and there's one more, and I can't remember who it is. Does Emily? It's not Ina does Eileen Darbyshire count on no, that list? No, she wasn't in the first. She wasn't 12. in the first. No, she wasn't in the first twelve. She came pretty shortly after it, though. There's one more that I'm forgetting. I'm sorry. Why did you bring you. this up? Anyway, um, so Unzvolder died last September, and it's only just been. Um, uh, report no well it was reported I, I i saw a link to i think an austrian um online newspaper which um which reported it last year back on the 6th of september but um the news made its way to the coronation street blog um just this week so um he was 94 he was in 76 episodes of coronation street in the 60s i kind of found the, the Trebeskis kind of I interesting thought it was quite progressive that they had immigrants in the show right from the beginning yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tony Warren wanted to put a, an immigrant character in because he saw that there was a, a rising wave of, of European immigrants yeah. coming into the UK at that time. And as Coronation Street was in, in some ways supposed to reflect the daily life of normal normal Brits, then why not put one of those in? So um, One of those. One of those people. So yeah, I, I thought God. it was really interesting. I thought I thought it was very I thought it was a very fascinating idea. And, and but I mean, as he was only in seventy six episodes or so, um, it wasn't one that was particularly delved into. And then they they, they over the course of Coronation Street, they, we have had a few other European immigrants. When we, there was a there was a period in the early two thousands when we had like Vicky, didn't we? Polish Vicky, and then we've obviously had Alina more recently. So Corrie's always there's, flirted there's a, a bit, little bit. There's with... a little bit of a tradition there, isn't there, of yeah. sort of welcoming yeah. people from and there was um, other European Jesse countries. and Joanne Jackson, but they just turned out to be illegal immigrants, didn't they? In the end, oh dear. But um, oh, and Samir, of course. Yeah. Although he wasn't doing so much emigrate as oh, to, to immigrate. I don't, I don't know. Word. I don't care. He just what came the along is. for 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 some fun times with Deirdre. Um, which Did was, you say that? and as this was Deirdre, Elgin, yes, they took the words right out of my mouth, Summer's Robot, that is exactly what she was doing with him. Okay. Um, the other well, thing about Ernst Volder as well was that he was um, Tony Warren's boyfriend for a little bit as well, wasn't he? They, um, and this was the time when it was all very hush-hush about um, which, which it's really, public it's really figures kind of were gay. Annoying how much come out that, that history of like people from that era is just secret mm. and the thing is we talk about like representation of different people you know like gay representation and stuff and they've had their history stolen from them by people who were bigoted and didn't want to know but being you know Tony Warren never really hid it but he's got you know he had his struggles people didn't take oh, him absolutely, seriously absolutely but I think about how much good could have been done if people were able to look at him and sort of take pride and say, I could do that. Mm. You know, that's really, that's really sad. Yeah, yeah. The the bit of goss, and I can't remember whether I'd seen oh, this dear. before at the time, was that there, he was, uh, Ernst was, Ernst was Tony's boyfriend for a bit until Tony caught him in bed with another cast member and the report Who's didn't that? say which other cast member it was. I am mean, not going to speculate. But it could have been a lady. It could have been a lady. It could have been a man or a lady. That, I didn't I? even think of that. I was thinking about which man it could have been. I've got, I've could got, have some, been. got some ideas. I'll tell you who I, I don't say. think it was. I don't think it was Pat Phoenix. Who, why, why not? Because Tony Warren was her friend after that. Yes, he was. I think I would have been a bit annoyed with her too. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, okay, well, um, sorry to lose another Corrie. See, this is what... Corrie original. Worries me about some other cast members who um, have left and are older that we may not know until quite a long time I after. I know, I know. They have um, left. It was, it was similar with um, 
Oh, who played um, Doreen Lowstock? Gosh, I can't remember what her name was. We just talked about her I'm recently. I'm glad that you asked me because um, I obviously I'm, know. I'm setting myself up for things that I cannot remember. But um, she died, um, and, and I think it was a few weeks until her death, or months even, until her death was reported as well. I'm thinking, no, that's conceptual. We always think that, you know, the... If the family knows that they were in Coronation Street, they know that this would be public interest and they've decided not to say anything. So yeah. it's best if we just kind of leave them to yeah. their own private grief, yeah. if that's what they want. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. but you know. I would. I really liked the Chaveskis. I, I, I thought that was good. I enjoyed how they were integrated in the street and it's really interesting um, to look back on those early episodes with... Uh, the Tunners and Chaveskis. Yeah, the, do you remember in the eighties the when we saw there was the Martin Chaveski, which was mm. the the extra son that was never talked about at the time. Yeah. He came in just to trying to be your young trendy, and I don't remember what he did, but he, he had big big eighties um, hair, oh, didn't nice. he? And um, he was a bit dull, but yeah, it, it was it was a really nice experiment to have uh, have them in in the beginning. And I don't think we're going to get Linda Chaveski coming back anytime no. soon because she was not happy and cunning about how Philip Lowry was treated on his return to Coronation Street about ten no, was so I. years ago. Nor me. I can only uh, wonder what she has to think about the other uh, old urn under the ambulance incident. But never mind. Anyway, I thought you were talking about Ernest Boulder then. And under the ambulance. Oh. Like, how did he die? What are you saying? <laughs> no. She wasn't happy about it. I wouldn't be happy about it either. <laughs> what were they doing to him? Poor man. Okay, let's move on and finish off this podcast <laughs> with a bit of feedback. Right, let's end with some feedback. Thank you everybody for sending us your feedback this week. It's always lovely to hear from you. Let's have another voicemail. Somebody send us a voicemail. I want a voicemail. Let's get one next week, please. Our average score on the Facebook group for last week's Coronation Street was 3.49 out of 5, so not too bad last week. I think we ended up scoring it 3.5 ourselves this week, so um, our chakras were aligned with those of the <laughs> listeners about last That's week's good. Coronation Street. Fiona well. scored it 2.5 egregious bits of stereotyping out of 5. Um, Hill gave it 3.5 coats of milky caramel paint. And uh, my pick of the week this week was Christina, who gave it three and a half mentions of Brian and Lust in the same <laughs> sentence out of five. How do you have half a mention of Brian? I don't know. Right. Um, right. Gemma, read out what Rebecca has got to say. See if we play. Rebecca says, as always, still enjoying the tourist story. As much as I'm still hoping that there's a twist regarding the crash, i.e. Ben pops up from where he's been hiding, it's not looking good for Toya. Even though the evidence is circumstantial, Toya could be arrested again and not given bail. Possibly at Imran's funeral, maybe, as that sounds like a soapy thing to happen. I was surprised Almost. to see Sarah last week and was half expecting Gary to confess to her, but with her reappearing and Gary also appearing, it gives me hope that the Rana story isn't over. I'm a little disappointed that Elsie had been taken away again and with Toya under suspicion, I'm guessing that's put a line under Toya ever adopting Elsie. Oh, and Gemma's right. Leanne is great as a lioness protecting Toya. Battersby sisters what forever. <laughs> Finally, glad Peter brought Susie up. As damaging as it might seem, it is part of Toya's history. Summer's report is brilliant. Can it stop? Did you know Summer wants oh, to go no. to Oxford? Uh, no, she doesn't. Affirmative. Summer's it apparently does. Robot is brilliant. Can it stop as a co-host? Sound. 
forever. <laughs> I kind of knew someone wouldn't go to Oxford. So for her to say that, that gives me hope that that particular strand of the story is finished. Audie's a little puppy, enough said. And I love Dex. I was right, chuffed. Ah, oh, Summer's Robot is happy. Lots of people did say they like Summer's Robot this week, which is why we have taken him out of the cupboard again to to, transfer, to appear in today's episode. Nobody's written in saying that he's rubbish. You can if you I want to. I think they just to. stop listening. Do one. You might get that as a response. But um, thank you to all the people that did say they enjoyed Summer's Robot last week anyway. Um, Sorry, I She says, I you. love Dev seeing I mean, straight you. through Summer and believing dead. Dev, oh God. Um, I'm wondering if Summer was doing a reset paper from previous A-levels and Ardy was doing it as AS levels. <laughs> I just thought it was a funny storyline title. I'll tell you later. <laughs> so they would sit, be in the same exam. That's the only reason I have for that and it's not a very good reason. I'm starting to wonder if George was a bully instead of Frank. As George keeps changing his mind and it confuses me. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. We had a few people write in to tell us what this what the song was that he was singing as well. Yeah, I still can't remember, George, but thank you a few something people. Something about said. George a George mouldering in his grave or something, something like, like that. that. Um she says, I like the sh- I like that Sean and Frank came in kind of matching outfits though. <laughs> I do like this story. I just need to know was was Frank a bully or not? David and Shona were brilliant this week. I love them teasing Max. I also love that she seems to be a carbon copy of Kylie in looks anyway. I also agree with Shona. Duvet days and weeks are great. Not when it's going. Not when it's the hottest week of the year. It doesn't I don't feel think... snuggly. I don't want to snuggle in the duvet. Last night I almost didn't switch the hot blanket on, Gemma. That, that's how warm it was for me. You know I'm a ridiculous? daily 365 day a year it's hot ridiculous. blanket enjoyer. No, it's ridiculous. Honestly, it's ridiculous. And I can't go to bed until you... <laughs> it's not fun. I want to go to bed and I can't because you've got the hot blanket Sorry. on. And it's... Ju- it's the hottest day of the year, every day of the year so far. Yes. <sighs> Rebecca says, um, I also appreciated David's Gale impression as well. That was funny. And David asking Max if he had rustled up a takeaway. Leo is boring. Boring. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, it, you know, if <laughs> Leo and Jenny split up, she would go running to Uncle Ronnie and I'd rather be bored than wanting to punch the TV. Very true. I don't know, yes. Summer's Robot, who would you rather that Jenny was dating? Leo. There you go. I like seeing <laughs> Brian and Gabby again, and I have no idea what, what is in Brian's letter. Oh dear, Rebecca. Gabby's gone. Oh, bye. He's mm. gone. So sad. I also love Daisy behind the bar in the Rovers, and I love the rapport Charlie and Sal have. Finally, I tried to see the wedding date of Fizz and Phil on the wedding invites, but I couldn't see it. I think I saw September 8th or something. Of July. Either way, I'm hoping that date doesn't happen. I also really want to know what was Maureen's drunken fool real, Maureen Nutman, or scripted, as that was hilarious. I also didn't realise it was the first time we had seen the cabin in two years. Correct to the week is the Anne, I'll give it three Michelle Chewits out of no, five. We, maybe we said that. <laughs> it maybe feels like it maybe was. Speaking of Maureen, then. Um, Toya gave no, yeah, but there's another Maureen. Toya gave a shout out to Maureen off of driving school this week, didn't she? Now that's a proper nineties reference right there. I can just imagine that was one of the OG reality TV shows. Toya and along with Toya's lawyers or whatever we said we call it. Toya and Nimran probably only watch kind of slightly um, educational reality TV shows like Driving School. Mm. They probably won't allow themselves to watch anything like dramatic, like Big Brother or Love Island or anything. Yeah, they probably sit watching um, 
Britain's sexiest lawyer every year and Imran says one of these years I'm going to go on that programme go for it Toya now it's too late Imran it is it's goes to show you carpe diem yeah I also think that they seem like the sort of people who watch Britain's Got Talent but stop after the sob stories <laughs> and don't watch the performance Toya, Toya watches Britain's Got Talent for sub stories because she's trying to poach some of them so that she can counsel them or come up with them as excuses why she's killed her husband. Yeah. And then she's watching it and she's going, do you know what? I really like this pe- this person. I saw they had a tattoo, so I'm going to vote for the other person to win. <laughs> right. Nancy has written in to us um, with her thoughts on last week's Corrie and says, Toy was shown the CCTV, which didn't show anything new. It doesn't prove that she was responsible. Um, I was surprised to see Sarah show up the way she did. We were trying to watch it on Monday's episode, weren't we, seeing all the various pronunciations of Sarah and Syrah there were. Um... The well, si- I think it's like Ardy and Addy and Yasmin and, and Yasmin. Yeah, people just don't know. Um, the scene in the street with Leanne, Todd, sorry, no. Leanne Toya, Abby, <laughs> Gary Todd. and Zidane was a great way for Syrah to get caught up with the, the events in Imran's life. Leanne was wonderful, defending Toya to everyone. She tried so hard to keep Alfie from being taken away. Yeah. Didn't hmm. try hard enough, though, did you, Leanne? Oh. I do think Abby will play a role in helping Toya, and they could end up co-parenting Alfie. I think that's still not completely off the cards, although it feels now that uh, um, Abby and Kevin reunion is fully happened, isn't it? Kevin seems mm. to be like, yeah, that's fine, I, I can look care. after Alfie, I'll have another kid, whatever. Yeah. I'm the wrong side of 50, yeah. but I can still raise a kid. I, d- I wonder whether he's going to change his mind, because Debbie seemed to be really trying to make him reflect on whether this is what he actually wants, wasn't it? And does Kevin actually want to raise out Alfie? Or does he just want a sexy young woman to mop his floor and wash his pants? I don't know. And if there's a baby that comes with it, say la Well, it's like he's not going to look after the baby, so what does it matter to him? I guess so. I guess so. Um, Nancy continues, George is clearly still suffering from having been bullied by Frank. Uh, I was bullied once and I've met them years later in social situations. And based on this experience, Mm. I can see why George feels uncomfortable and doesn't trust Frank. I don't know whether I've ever like, I don't think I have ever met up since school with people that bullied me when I was at school either. I do. I really distinctly remember my parents always telling me like, oh, you know, they're picking on you now, but one day they will be coming to you for a job and you'll be there and Hmm. you can... You know, did you ever hear that? Probably. You know... That sounds like the sort of thing that you would say to somebody being bullied. Yeah. And you can say, no, sod off, you're horrible or something. Yeah. Um, That never happened to me either. It didn't. But then I, I did move to the other end of the country, but it wasn't to get away from the bullies. I think it, I think I'm too nice. I think if I met up with them, I'd just be nice to them. The thing is, kids are kids can be right assholes. Yeah. And you've I'm sure if there's somebody listening to this who did something as a kid, who never did anything wrong as a kid, you're a, a very unusual person. Mm. Um. Anyway, um, Nancy continues. Um, but that doesn't excuse bullying, obviously, no, of and it's not. very sad. Um, but you didn't say, uh, Nancy, what happened. When you met your bully. Just felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, Nancy says it's too bad for Sean because he just started this relationship. George needs to tell Eileen more about Frank. Well, in the, from that kind of sense, you she know, needs to be frank about perhaps him. this um, this story with George and Frank could be quite cathartic for people like like Nancy, who, who, have, who have kind of never been able to tell their bully to get lost. Yeah, so do I, one. Yeah, yeah I, hopefully one. that this is kind of a... If, if it turns out that Frank really is has done all the things he's been accused of and he doesn't atone. Mm. Maybe this could be quite a triumphant 
story. Um, okay, um, Nancy says she loves Shona and David. Um, and the Daisy and Jenny scenes too. The little exchanges and their expressions are always wonderful. I think some of what Nancy's and Rebecca, I guess, has been talking about about last week is what I was feeling that this week was missing a little bit. Yeah. There was a bit of fun Daisy stuff. That thing where she said, oh, what a cliffhanger was brilliant. She's but brilliant. we didn't see much else. The George and uh, Frank and, and Sean and Eileen story, I really enjoyed last week. And it, it just, it was felt like they were lacking this week. I don't know. Um, I love the way Jay, Jenny and Daisy tried to stop Leo from finding out that <laughs> Eisenhower is not too great. The scene with Rita, Ethan and Kathy was hilarious too. Um, Nancy gave last week's episodes three and a half Gail's Wonder Woman outfit fits out of five. Aprons. Aprons. You, you made that I said word. outprits, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a okay. mixture. Um, the character of the week is Leanne. A better shout out to Shona and Toya Hooray! Too. Do I do Susan's? You do Susan's. got a message from Susan. She says, oh, in yeah. the twilight zone of listening to your podcasts, two or three weeks behind my television viewing, plus be- being behind in New Zealand. It's like being a time traveller because at the moment you are nutting out about Toya and wondering how it will end with Imran. Mm-hmm. I am thinking, if only you knew. Also, it was very embarrassing. What, when... were, what were we thinking that we knew? Because we kind of knew that he was going. <laughs> I'm not going to read this next bit because it's got a spoiler in it. I'll do that. See, that's what happens when I don't read the emails properly. Um, but that's okay I because be Susan's referring to a cabin extra. Okay. Um, now, of course, I'm yet to hear your opinions about the car crash and I'm yet to watch the aftermath. But I was wondering if anyone else mused over the synchronicity of Imran being involved in a similar death as his sister, falling masonry, scaffolding and stable building. They're just the unluckiest good, family, yeah. aren't they, those Habibs? Maybe they're magnetic to masonry. Yeah. Another comment. Well, it, well, they even had that little baby called Mason, didn't they? <laughs> it should have been a clue. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a warning all along. Uh, another comment. Love the fashion feedback from Gemma from the cast. Midsummer Christmas party. Don't know. <laughs> Summer's like robot. What you're wearing. Yeah. Um, it was especially. Sorry, Summer's robot just needed a little bit of time to warm just up. Think- He's thinking. It was having. It was processing that one. Yeah. Processing error. <laughs> Susan said she liked the fashion feedback about the cast Midsummer. Fashion. Fashion. Ooh. Like what <laughs> you're wearing. Summer's robot, stop interrupting Gemma. That's very naughty. Do one. All right. You do what you like. Susan said it was especially funny. The cast so missed... sassy, Will you shut robot. up? Because this is important. I'm trying to read this part. Okay. It makes... You need this part to understand the next go part. Go on, Love the fashion feedback from Gemma from the cast Midsummer Christmas Party. It was especially funny as I was just returning from a midwinter Christmas party. This is when we all dress up like English people and eat ham and turkey. What? It also involves fake snow and mulled wine. What's it like to dress up as an English person? She says, I will leave it to your imagination what dressing up like English people looks like. I feel it might be something rather stereotypical. I think it's going to be offensive, um, like Vicky Pollard. I think it. I'll like do you, track right? seat bottoms. Oh, and... I would have said it was the old top hat and tails. Kind Hello. Of thing. Like they all look like um, something out of uh, Charles Dickens with bustles and. Yeah, or do they go around just like wearing a kilt or something and saying I'm English because they haven't quite got it right? They, you, why not? Or, or or a football hooligans outfit. Yes, any of One those, of those things. One of those things will do. She's letting us imagine. So I'm just imagining men. I don't. What do English women wear? Big frilly hats and lacy dresses. You're always wearing them. Come on, admit it. 
Not really. So tired. Nearly at the end. Come on, let's Susan go. Susan says she's got heaps of gardening to do this weekend, so she's going to catch up with the podcast and she's planting poppies, sweet peas, and African marigolds for the early summer. How lovely. Boring. How rude. Michael, Some, I find that interesting. Summer's robot. My sweet peas have been dug up by somebody. I find it interesting as well. And now I think it's you that's done it. What? Dug up my sweet peas. I've not dug up your sweet peas. It's Summer's robot that doesn't like gardening. I love a good garden. I Don't must kill blame it on me, all Summer's green robot. life. That's not Summer's robot talking. I'm That's Summer's Gemma. real. I'm the real Summer's robot. Don't believe it, everybody. I am Do not one. an imposter. I am not an imposter. I'm Summer's robot. No, I am Summer's robot. I am a feat of engineering. I am a feat of engineering. I am a feat of engineering. I'm Summer's robot. No, I am. Right, let's not have a robot off. You're not Summer's robot, Gemma. I'm going to do the robot dance. No, Summer's robot. Watch me, watch me. PC? Wow, she's so good. I'm starting to wonder myself. Do, 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 do. I happen to think I'm a great guy. So do I, Summer's robot. You're the best robot. Right. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Susan. Sorry, we didn't say thank you for that. Summer's I'm robot just imagining a New Zealand-ish mid-summer Christmas party or mm. whatever it was. Was it midwinter? Christmas? I don't remember. No, mid, mid, yes, midwinter. Um, midwinter Christmas party. Very exciting. Mm. Richard is our oh, final what? email of the evening. Mm. Richard says, hope you are both well. <laughs> are you well? Uh, are you well, Gemma? No, I don't. Th- I think there's something wrong with me again. Are you well, Summer's robot? Affirmative. Fantastic. That's very good. I, I'm negatory, fine. Negatory. Negatory. Stop it. <laughs> You're not Summer's robot. I am Summer's robot. <laughs> I am Summer's robot. Engineering. Stop it. <laughs> um, Richard says, I'm drafting Hello, this. Hello, Richard. <laughs> Stop it, Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> I am drafting this prior to Friday's episode, so don't yet know how this week's offerings will look collectively. Don't worry about it. Stop it. I I think it has been a steady week so far, after several weeks of high drama. Tell me more. Boring. It wasn't boring, Summer's Robot. It just wasn't as good as the last few weeks. You must agree to that. Affirmative. Thank you. Right, a couple of things have struck me recently, says Richard. Now, despite it being reported in the media that Ian Bartholomew wowed the judges at the auditions of Britain's Got Talent with a song he'd written for domestic violence charity, he didn't appear in the series in the end. Yeah, we, we, I don't think we reported on that at the time, did we? we? I think we reported that he was he had auditioned for it, but um, for one reason or another, they didn't put him in the show. So that's a bit sucky for Ian Bartholomew. I think it was good I'm to sure get... i get over it. I think it was good because it promoted the... A single. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And that was what he wanted, I think. Promoted it to the people who were in the audience at the time, I suppose. Um, Richard continues... Summer's to... robot <laughs> is against domestic violence. You're not Summer's robot, Gemma. Yes, we know I am. it's you. I am a robot. I am Summer's robot. I am Summer's I know, look, robot. He's saying I'm Summer's robot. You're getting anything sad. Do one. Yeah, do one, Gemma. You like, do this one. This town ain't big enough for two Summer's robots. Sod off. Do one. Sod off. Do one. Sod off. <laughs> Boring. Right. All right. Um, okay, so... Um, Richard. Coronation Street has been a, has had this a great is, this is, this record of featuring nosy yeah. shop assistants and barmaids, etc., who thrive on listening to customers' conversations and chipping in. But in recent years, this has not been so strong. 
I blame Roy largely, as his personality means he's not a gossip. But I have spotted Shona lurking on the periphery of conversations, and I think she should make, could make a great Hilda Ogden or Norris Cole type. Yeah, definitely. If Shona or any... Because she wouldn't care like what she, she was care, saying. Yeah. She, she'd be walking in sort of gleefully wiggling her ears, listening into a conversation, and would tell her all and sundry what she heard. Um, if Shona or any of the others need some inspiration, they should watch Emmerdale, where there's a cafe boss, Brenda, who isn't even discreet when she's listening in and chipping in I either. I think that would be me. I think that would be good. I mean, Evelyn could also um, take on the uh, the mantle of uh, of street gossip, couldn't she? Yeah, because she did quite like knowing about the the kiss this week. I think the the problem, you know, is down very much down to the timeline that you pointed out, Richard, and that's you know the last couple of years has meant you can't really have peripheral characters lurking about overhearing stuff because mm. you've got the COVID thing. Yeah, totally. but but more, you know, they're coming out of that now, and we're seeing things turning back to how they used to be and I hope that that those things will become that you know we're already seeing it with with Daisy and 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 Jenny being able to be in more scenes in the Rovers well and also we didn't mention this week Imran's funeral was the most populated public event that Coronation Street has had for the past two and a half years there was like Oh, I'm going to say 15, 20 people that went along to pay their respects to Mr Habib I was there stop it Hope you're Imran both... is hot. You are not Summer's robot. R.I.P. Gemma. Hope you are both enjoying the hot weather. No. <laughs> I am overheating my CPU. <laughs> Stop it. You're not Summer's robot. I'm Summer's robot. Yes, that is Summer's robot. He's getting angry, Gemma. Do one. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say. It hasn't been programmed to say jinx. Hope you're both enjoying the summer weather and thank you as always for everything you do for us and the podcast. You're welcome. You're very, very welcome. Thank you, everybody. Sorry that Summer's Robot sucks and keeps calling these boring. <gasps> Did Summer's Robot... I happen to think I'm a great guy. So do I. <laughs> so do I. Stop saying Summer's Robot sucks. So mean. He's got feelings too, you know, just because he's a robot. No, I have feelings. Stuff it. No, I'm not going to. You're I not mean, Summer's no, Robot. I will never stop. I am do a robot. Well. I will live forever. Boring. <laughs> prostitute. Always <laughs> getting personal oh. now, Gemma. Um, if you would like to send us an email, you can, se- you can send Summer's Robot an email if you like. Yeah, I'll pass Summer's it on Robot to him. at gmail.com No, that's, I'm not going to set up a new robot. You can just, you can just send it to conversationstreet at gmail.com FAO Summer's Robot and I'll, I'll plug it in um, and, and then he can read that out maybe. Um, send some to me too. <laughs> fake summer's robot um, we are at conversation street at gmail.com please 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 if you haven't seen our if you haven't been onto our youtube channel ever go and have a look because there's actually some videos there at the moment um and you can see us uh, our lovely footage from the british soap awards and the charlie DeMello interview both of those are performing really well for us at least i mean neither of them have hit a thousand views or anything yet but they're doing very well for us so thank you everybody who has been along there and if you haven't go and have a look with your eyes, not just your ears, which is what you usually do with this podcast. Um, I'm still waiting to get another iTunes review, so if you're thinking, oh, maybe I should do it now, now would be the perfect time. Give me five out of five. Instagram, I'm still doing my Instagram stories, I'm getting a bit more into that now. Um, We're on Twitter, at Conversation Stir, Facebook, Spotify, Patreon and all that, many, many places, and I think that that is about it. Gemma? (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Stop it. Goodbye. Do you have anything you would like to say? 
I am Summer's robot. No, you are not. Stop it. That's really irritating me. Summer's robot. Yes. Summer's robot is Summer's robot. That is it. Powering I'm going to say down. goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. I'm going. I will restart and update. If you've been affected by issues <laughs> raised in this podcast, <laughs> please visit itv.com slash advice. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, oh, oh.